everyone, and thank you for the download. It's Thursday, December 3rd, and this is episode 29 of the Marty Called Podcast. I'm Tim Grassi, and today I'm joined by my co-host, the Sultan of Saki. How's it going, Josh? Thank you for not saying Schmerz Day. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. I had to unsubscribe to an uh, unnamed Disney podcast because of that. <laughs> and uh, sliding into our podcast again this time around is Skipper Ben. What's up, Ben? Hold on, hold on. I had to get the dust off the microphone. It's been a while. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> good techniques. Always good technique to blow your air compressor into the microphone. Yeah. That's a really, really good idea. I'm we sure apologize to our listeners with high-end stereo systems are really appreciating you right now. I'm picturing the scene from Howard Stern Private Parts where he's exactly. got the, uh, the girl sitting on the speaker. You're welcome, ladies. <laughs> I have I have a feeling no one has ever climaxed during this show except for maybe me. And Craig. <laughs> We're off to a uh, Kingdom Cast esque start, uh, which is a difficult word to say. Somebody's uh, anyway. gonna do it. Yes, yes. Uh, so it has been a while. Uh, that's what she said. September 29th, I believe, was the last show we put out there. Uh, apologies, we could make excuses, but we're not going to. Um, we are coming at you with uh, the, the <laughs> piles of Disney news that have come out. Uh, Loads since, of Disney news. <laughs> since, since we last spoke. Uh, Epcot <laughs> is still a theme park. Uh, that was confirmed at a D23 event a few weeks ago. So interrupting you here. There was a, <laughs> there was a, a great Apple quote from one of – it was either the CEO or the uh, – uh, the head products guy at the time where a, a pretty popular YouTuber asked about a particular model of Mac that hadn't been updated a long time. And the, mm-hmm. the public announcement that Apple made was that this product remains an item in our lineup. <laughs> End of quote. I feel like that is what Epcot is like. Epcot remains a theme park that you could pay Disney to go into. The, uh, it is pretty much that what they, uh, there was a D 23 event last month in which they spent a good half hour of a video uh, Zoom call or whether a Zoom or not, I don't know. That's kind of just been our default uh, call for any video conferencing now. Uh, we had Tom Fitzgerald and his friends, uh, Tommy Fitz and the Beach Boys, as they're referred to, had a good half hour conversation on Ratatouille showing behind the scenes footage of an attraction that exists elsewhere in the world. Uh, that was the crux of it. And then there was just additional confirmation. Guardian's still happening. They weren't spending $350 million or sorry, $450 million for nothing. Um, Journey of Water apparently still happening. Dreamer's Point, which is where the new Walt statue is going to ha- uh, go, still happening. And uh, no confirmation on the Tabletop Event Pavilion, the Spaceship Earth Redo, or the Play Pavilion. Uh, all of which are interesting and probably, if not canceled outright, certainly delayed for a couple of years. And uh, the last piece of this was not necessarily uh, mentioned at the D23 event, but by one Jim Hill that Space 220 is uh, not coming until until summer or fall of 2021. Uh, this is something that I believe was supposed to open by the end of the year. But uh, pick your poison, whether it's, uh, whether it's COVID, whether it's construction delays related to COVID, whether it's something else entirely, uh, this project seems to be delayed a good full year. Um, over what we were expecting it, but I kind of got the sense that the building was done. I mean, I don't know. I can't tell you really why I have that sense, but it just it, seemed like it seemed like it, that was so. It's so long in the tooth now that I, I just feel like they finished it up. And I know that the chef left, like the head chef that they had yeah. hired, went and took another job. So I don't know. It's, I, I guess it doesn't really matter for from the guest perspective why it's not opening, except that it that's just sort isn't. Of the, that, <laughs> but that's the sort of quagmire that we like to go down. Yeah, it, it looks completely done. Uh, yeah. At least, I mean, from the exterior. Not that we've been inside, but right, right. But I mean, it's it's a restaurant. You yeah. know, it's not it's not a you know attraction with a roller coaster in it. So I mean, how you know what, what could be the holdup? Drywall. 
I mean, it, it's also not a small restaurant either. It's not like be our guest size, but it's still 300 plus seats. I'm looking at the uh, numbers here. I got 16 seats at the bar, uh, 188 seats uh, upstairs and 188 seats in the, so in the upper tier and 188 seats in the lower tier. So uh, it is not a small restaurant. You're close to 400 seats. Um, I think the biggest one at Disney property, I could be mistaken here, is be our guest at like 600 something. So if you're worried about spacing people out, maybe the only... <laughs> is that a pun? <laughs> yes, 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 it was. I'll be here all week. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that they're holding off this like they like they likely are Ratatouille to just have more things to push when they can safely push things. That that makes some sense to me, I guess. Well, half, my, the, my, half the other things in Epcot are closed right now, restaurants, shops, things like that. So why why open something new when you can't open the uh, the other stuff that's already ready to go? Right. Re- well, you were, regarding yeah. your numbers there, Tim, we said 16 people at the bar. Was that like social distance 16 or was no, that? No, this is bl- like the original numbers. So we're looking at like a bar that can hold seven people now. <laughs> Probably not even that. So. Yeah, that's that's not correct. <laughs> I, I sp- on behalf of all people who go to Disney, I and I I don't have kids. I can only imagine if they're with kids that my desire to consume alcohol would only go up. Uh, I don't know why they put such small bars at these places. I don't know. I mean, I think the the goal is likely to have this be a reservations only location. I mean, think of a lot of the places that have an adjacent small bar. It's not huge. Uh, it might be a little bit bigger than sixteen seats, but you know, look at Tune In Lounge at Hollywood Studios or. I think of some of the other ones. I think there's one at um, in Canada, La Salle. There's a small bar, uh, and a handful of other places around property. They just have a, a small bar for people to uh, to you know maybe I guess get twenty or thirty they're, people. They're trying to serve you, not seat you. I guess they want you to just pay and leave. But. Yeah, yeah. But um, I suspect the likeliest reason here is that they want to sell uh, several new offerings once uh, some of the attendance restrictions have been lifted. Um, I'm fairly certain that's why Ratatouille hasn't opened yet because that seems to have all been done, you know, in the last three months. Uh, and going back to the, the point about the bar, since this is a uh, <clears throat> full experience restaurant, like the, the setting and, and the, the scenery and stuff, I guarantee they don't want a large bar where that area gets overcrowded with people milking one drink to sure, sure. get the experience when they want you getting a table and uh, paying, you know, five times up. Yeah. This isn't going to be a bar like the cantina or anything like that. It's going to be, the bar is a very small part of of this. It's really the 375 seat restaurant that's the bigger deal here. But yeah, you know, anyway, one, one of the things we talked about several times is Disney's. Well, I, I'm really sort of been the uh, behind this position the most strongly, I think. But that Disney really oversells, and that they should, uh, you know, that they're too eager to announce what they're doing instead of letting there be any surprise. But I look at something, and granted, I don't think anyone would have seen COVID coming, but you look at something like Ratatouille, if they hadn't made such a big deal about it, this could be something that was just, you know, on standby for when things change and when they need a boost in attendance, and they wouldn't take any negative publicity on it. It's just, you know, it's just because they announced this thing and then decided not to open it for purely strategic reasons. People are Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, naturally going to criticize them, but the the fact is... um, I think there's so much more strategic benefit to having some some cards that your consumers don't know about. Um, that just seems to be a, a maneuver that Disney has never played in the last two decades. To uh, to support that opinion, I'm going to give give them a pass for COVID to a certain extent. However, this restaurant was announced July 15th of 2017. It shouldn't yep. take four years to build a restaurant. 
No. <laughs> I mean, it took one year to build. It took, what, 11 and a half months to build Disneyland, and it took four years to build this restaurant? Yep, yep. And uh, I think a shade under three years for the uh, Tangled restrooms, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe God. the margarita stand in Mexico was a good 18-month build as well. I so. literally remember doing probably eight episodes of various podcasts talking about those stupid Tangled bathrooms. Like <laughs> That was a very protracted, as far as shitters go, that one was very uh, time-consuming. That's our you next episode. <laughs> just the Tangled Bathrooms. Uh, yep. <laughs> ultimate tribute, courtesy of Martin. Yeah. <laughs> Color with you. He's, taking a, step, he's <laughs> taking a step away from his uh, Rise of the Resistance ultimate tribute to work on the Tangled Bathrooms one. <laughs> so uh, other Epcot-related information. Figment received a new Christmas sweater. And uh, Josh thought this was code for something when I mentioned it to him <laughs> pretty soon. Uh, in short, it is a... It is a Christmas sweater with the uh, Imagination Pavilion logo on it. And uh, I'm not one for wearing sweaters, but if they make this into a T-shirt, I'm a buyer. Uh, I, I love the old Epcot Pavilion logos. Uh, it's it's a small thing and really the best thing that they've done to that ride in 20 years. Let's be honest. That's – wow. That is a damning with faint praise right there. <laughs> it is adorable. It's not wrong. <laughs> Another – sort of news update. This was in the latest Jim and, uh, Jim and Len show uh, this Smurfs Day. Uh, Jim oh, said, you. You bastard. <laughs> said that the timeline for Splash Mountain, I think uh, previously the assumption was that Disneyland would close first, uh, mainly because it makes more sense over there uh, thematically. But because Disneyland very well may not open until the spring, um, it seems like Magic Kingdom is now the one that is going to go first. But uh, you still have some time to visit Splash Mountain. Uh, the announcement was or what, what Jim said was that they would likely announce a closure date after the 50th. So a late 2022 announcement of a closure date with the closure likely taking place in the first half of 2023, sometime between January and April, and a 12 to 18 month build time before it turns into the um, Princess and the Frog version of the ride. So that gives some time, gives some uh, fans a chance to get out there. Uh, hopefully, it's not something that's going to close next year, uh, thankfully. But they will, I'm sure, milk it for all the merchandise offerings that it's worth. And uh, we'll see. We'll see if our asks of not skimping out on this. Uh, come to fruition five years from now when we're all uh, when we're all dead from the next pandemic. So, I was looking uh, for uh, I was looking for spots throughout the ride where Josh can chain himself to it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> is Splash Mountain one of your uh, one of your favorites, Josh, or no? No, okay, no. <laughs> for, for me, it is. It, it really is. Like it's my favorite ride in the Magic Kingdom. Um, it's it's I mean, definitely a grassy family favorite. I think it's a it's a fun ride. I mean, to me, it's uh, and I, I don't want to go at all political. Trust me, because I don't want to read any listener email. Quite frankly, but um, you know, it doesn't carry any sentiment to me in terms of I, I don't. It doesn't make me think of Uncle Remus or anything like that. I mean, to me, and I'm sort of I, weird in I guess many ways. But one is that I have a Disney fan that doesn't really care about the movies. Oh, so, sorry, for, sorry. like for me, <laughs> like there's not really any attraction. I don't care about the IP that underlines uh, underlies these rides. I, I like them because of what they are. So, I, I guess if I were a person who really correlated the attractions to the movies, then maybe that would be there. But for me, it's just it's a cool. It's almost I've never done LSD, but I imagine it would be similar <laughs> to that. It's it's kind of a disorienting sort of weird feeling ride to me. It's not. It, That's it's a fun, lot of Disney rides, though. It's true, but like it's not something like Spaceship Earth to me, where I have a super strong sentimental attraction to it. I just hope that what they 
put in there isn't just a cheap overlay. Right. And that's, I, I think that's our, our biggest takeaway. Uh, for me, I, I get the reason for it. Um, to your point, though, we've said it time and time again, the rides need to live beyond the intellectual property. And that's probably why we don't like book report rides, of which I don't regard Splash Mountain as a book report ride by any means. Uh, if so, it never would have been made. Um, but, but to that point, there are certainly people that associate it with the movie that is problematic is the nicest word I can possibly use. Uh, that's the reason for it. We've done a couple of episodes talking about it, and I don't think we're going to dwell on it any anymore. But um, just putting the information out there that if you are a fan of the ride, uh, people come to our show for for late breaking news uh, two months late. So just <laughs> putting it out there. You got you got a few years, but yeah, uh, anyway, it, it, it's kind of. I, I, sorry, go ahead, Ben. I was going to say that it, if that time frame is right, twelve to eighteen months to do the overlay. Considering how long it takes them to build attractions right now, does that set any, any alarms off to you guys that this is going to be a uh, – could be on the cheaper side, could be a more screen-based attraction than than going in there and, uh, you know, fleshing the thing out completely with AAs and stuff? Well, well so possible. I'm going to I'm going to respond to this first if I can cuz one of one of the few times that Tim has quoted me is with me explaining old school Disney attractions as being charming. Mm-hmm. And I think that if there's any attraction you could ruin in about 3 seconds by jamming a bunch of screens in it, it would be Splash Mountain. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that is not a ride that lends itself to that. There should the correct number of screens for that ride is 0. Um so <laughs> you just made my heart I had heart palpitations when I heard Ben's. First, he went for Epcot. Then he's coming for Magic Kingdom. We should go over all of Ben's tweets in the past two months about destroying Epcot. (laughs) God, he's just a hate-filled destroyer of things. Well, I kind of go back to the the Beauty and the Beast ride from Tokyo. You know, it was a year and a half, two years that we were getting shots of the audio animatronics uh, that were going in that ride. And that was a new build, though. Keep in mind, there is. It, I'm looking it, up timelines of things. It was, but they kind of teased. They teased the concepts of those AAs that would go inside there. So, if we're looking at just over a year from the attraction closing, and then 12 to 18 months uh, for the for the new attraction to go in there. But that's not, that's not saying they would actually tease some of the stuff that they, they have planned, but it, it does seem like this idea came out of nowhere. I kind of feel like they're sitting there with no concepts right now that like it, it's still almost like a blank slate. They have an idea of what they're going to put in there. They're not actually building out set pieces. They're not building out AAs. They're not designing stuff at the moment. Uh, I, I would I would have much rather said heard like it's a two year revamp of the entire attraction. Like they're going to take their time and, and actually go in there. I think Twelve you months said- is scary. You said two things that need to be addressed there, I think. The, the one concern is the, the second thing that you said, which they have no idea what they're going to do. If that's the case, and I agree with you, there's reason to be worried. The other thing you mentioned, though, I'm going to undermine a little bit, which is the, the amount of time that it's closed, that's not building what's going to go there. That's installing it. So if they're announcing something that's going to happen, you know, open three and a half years from now, that gives them, you know, they could be building those animatronics now for all we know, and building yeah. set pieces now and installing it during that 12-month window. Or they may have no clue whatsoever. Unfortunately, as outsiders, we don't have any clue what position it is. But I don't worry too much about the downtime because there's so much of that fabrication. I think that most of the time-consuming stuff happens off-site, especially when if, if you have a water ride like this, like they're not changing the ride layout. You know, that's just... Right. You know, I, they barely did it with Maelstrom and, and you can you know how long that thing was closed. Well, that's I'll what I'm looking go- at. 20, 21 months. Uh, okay. A little less than 21 months was the closing time from Maelstrom to Frozen Ever After. 
because that's that's got to be the best thing to analogize this to, I would think, even though they're they're pretty different. Uh, yeah, much smaller. Uh, yeah, it's a third of the ride. And, mm-hmm. and I go back to our previous story: four years for our screen-based restaurant. Yeah, well, that's like, that's, that's like, a the, fucking the, good point. <laughs> the, cur- the, the current team, the current people putting these attractions in, uh, it, it it's taken a lot longer to do some of this stuff, and it, they're not doing it on as grand a scale as they used to do. So I, I just don't know where the math completely adds up. Um, well, for space two twenty, you've got to add a variable in there. X is equal to the COVID factor, which we don't we don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah so, I mean, but that's still only what eight months that we add on to that. It's still three years for a screen based restaurant. That's true. I'm looking up uh, test track as well. That was under a year going from original test track to test track two for whatever that's worth. So, and that's that's basically a redecorating and light retheming. They, yeah. I guess they gutted the queue a bit, but but you that know. was a screen based one too. That was yeah. throwing up screens everywhere. And right. not, not that there was a ton of physical props in the original test track, but there was certainly more than there is now. So yeah. just some some things to, to think about. 18 months is a decent amount of time. But uh, to Josh's point, if it's just installation, then 18 months should be plenty of time to do a thorough uh, a thorough change over the attraction and not have it be, uh, be skimped. But I can imagine yeah. that it probably takes three months to just paint that attraction. So Yeah, yeah you're probably right. Uh, well, and I'm just telling you right now, I'm expecting – Beauty and the Beast. Now that we've seen that and what they did with that ride, uh, if it's not something near that level, at least with the AAs in the interior, uh, I'm going to be disappointed because if it's not like that, it means it's going to be screen heavy. I think you're going to be disappointed just because, uh, you know, water and your top end audio animatronics probably don't mix that well. I don't I don't know that for certain, but I don't I definitely don't think it's going to be that. I don't think they're going to be trying to break new ground here so much as keep the quality level equivalent. You, you do have large areas, though, that like the, the, the scene where <clears throat> Bear is tied up uh, mm-hmm. and, and hanging down, his butt's mm-hmm. hanging down. Like, you can do something deep enough in that show that show scene that is away from the water and still be v- very elaborate. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I think you're going to see a handful of hero figures that are of those higher quality animatronics. They've done that on a lot of attractions, but uh, Splash Mountain, what does it have, like 50, 60 animatronics in it in the Florida version? It's a bunch, you're, yeah. You're not going to see that many of that Beauty and the Beast caliber thing. You're going to see uh, a mixture of it. You're going to see, you know, lower end ones that are, it's probably like something <laughs> you're swinging you're, on a stick versus... You're going to see a lot of the ones that are in there right now. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like you just, you, <laughs> just mentioned, you, you mentioned one of them, the, um, the Brer Bear in a Rope. Reef, it's going to be uh, rethemed to Regis. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Regis. No, it's going to be reskinned <laughs> to uh, to Lewis the Alligator. Like that makes a ton of sense. Uh, I I'm going to see. I'm anticipating a lot of scenes staged similarly. Uh, you can use the Monsters Inc. ride over at um, California Adventure as an example for it, where they they took the Superstar Limo attraction that was atrocious and just yep. uh, changed. Changed some set dressing and some costumes uh, on a lot of areas, but anyway, who was it is, that they turned into re, in, into uh, uh, Regis in that one? Uh, I don't know. I I can't remember what it, I I can't remember what the transition was, but I know I know Regis was either on the the front end or the back end of it. Regis was in there. I think Tim Allen was in there. Um, Drew Jim, Carey was the one Drew that Carey. has the uh, he had three tickets in his hand. So now I think it's yeah. three uh, uh, wanted. Signs for for Boo or something like that now, but yeah, the, there are some great articles on it. If anybody actually gives a shit, 
that you could. Yeah, if you want to see how bad Disney can do at something, this is a good uh, attraction for you to check. We we probably ought to do a show on that one just to to establish the low end of the bar. So, so uh, just to be clear, uh, we're referring to not that Monsters Inc. Uh, ride, whatever they're ride, uh, called, Ride and Go Seek is Tokyo. Uh, Monsters Inc. in California Adventure. I don't know what the full name of the attraction is. Is a substantially better ride, and it's still like a sea ticket. It's not anything earth shattering. I like than, it. Than what replaced? Uh, than what it replaced? And it was really just a an overlay of what was there. But the original ride was so atrocious. Uh, was anyway. it open? If so, for like five months or something. I think I'm pretty sure it holds a record for the shortest uh, tenure of any attraction. There was like a Stitch show in Tomorrowland, but yeah. Anyway, um, moving away from Splash Mountain and other bullet points on our list, uh, Brightline Trains is putting a station in Disney Springs. This was first announced back in April of 2019 uh, when Virgin Trains, Virgin of uh, Virgin America. Uh, was involved. I don't know if they still are, but... Uh, are Virgin Trains ones that have never gone in a tunnel? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. Uh, or if they have, they've never gone in and then subsequently backed out of the tunnel. So, what if they put just the front part of the train in? That doesn't that count? count. Actually, that does okay. not count. No, you need to, you need to fully uh, traverse the tunnel. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Traverse is not the right word. Penet- penetrate is the, penetrate, is the word. Yes, yes okay. Uh, anyway, so... The uh, Brightline train station is going to go to Disney Springs, and the goal here is to have a connection from southern Florida to central Florida. So there will be a stop at the airport, um, Orlando Orlando International Airport, as well as Disney property. So uh, back in April of 19, the announcement was a stop in Disney property, and there was no specificity. Is that a word? It is. Okay. I'm going to be playing you guys in Scrabble later that uh, where it would go. So uh, it was revealed that it's going to Disney Springs. So if anybody cares, if anybody wants to travel to and from Miami, um, if you're looking to visit your favorite hotspot, that is an option. And uh, the station will be in Disney Springs. It looks like a year or two. I don't know. Um, so I just make so this up as I go along. <laughs> for a real, real-time citation here, uh, Ron of the Kingdom Cast did have a – associate or colleague or something that told him about this rumor, I'm guessing three years ago. And and Ron's response, uh, is, if anyone who's heard him speak would have no trouble believing this, was to call the guy a complete moron, say it was bullshit, would never happen. Oh, you're paraphrasing, so, but not, that's, it, that's correct. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not off by much. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's interesting to see this happen. And I do think it makes sense. Um, there's a lot of people that live in Florida. And if you are having trouble bringing in uh, your usual clientele of international and you know far-flung guests, it does make sense to try and tap more deeply into the Florida market. And I think you expand significantly the radius of people who would be interested in buying annual passes if they can, you know, quickly and cheaply hop on a train and be there in an hour. So I think Virgin it's a is smart interesting move. in tapping deeper into the Vir- into the Florida market. <laughs> I don't know if Virgin is still affiliated with us uh, uh, after we joke about it. If anybody knows that, uh, feel free to comment and we may or may not pay attention to it. But uh, the headline right now is Brightline Trains is the one that is uh, putting the station in. Um, the other big news, uh, Disney related, is that Joe Rody retired. We mm-hmm. have... We have long since praised his work. Uh, he is the uh, the backbone of the Animal Kingdom. He uh, spearheaded Alani Resort, and the, there's speculation that he was. This is a forced retirement. I think, uh, while that's entirely possible, I also suspect that 
he was probably told that the uh, second island on Lighthouse Point that they're going to be building uh, is likely to be delayed with the ships being delayed, and he didn't really feel like waiting around for uh, for that to happen. I mean, I imagine that when you are big up in Imagineering, uh, you work on projects for five years, and he was probably in the early stages of that project, and now was as good a time as any to step away when it got shelved for a little bit. So that's my guess as to what what happened here. He's 65 years old, uh, has a couple of kids. I believe at least one is in college. Um, his wife is also, if she's not uh, an Imagineer, she is certainly instrumental in Disney as well. Uh, she Yoko? Uh, not Yoko, actually. Melanie is her name. <laughs> She was the one that uh, authored one of my favorite Disney books, The Making of the Animal Kingdom. She she probably got some good insight from her husband. But hmm. the uh, I'm pretty sure that's sexist. I'm not positive, but I think probably. <laughs> but uh, uh, Animal Kingdom is my favorite park. This this has me concerned because he he his fingerprints are all over that park, and it's it's one of the main reasons why I love it. There's no stone left unturned. Everything was mapped out to his vision. And I think it's a great place to be. So I, I fear the future of it. But the good thing is they're not spending money anytime in the next five years uh, outside of Epcot. So uh, we probably have a good five or so years before that gets effed up. When, when did you say did, did it say when his last day is? Uh, January 3rd or 4th of 2021. So is that enough time to fix the Yeti? Probably. Not. <laughs> okay. That's the other thing, too. It probably means if you have nobody championing a fix for the Yeti, that it's not going to happen. But Maybe that's what he'll do for his philanthropy in his retirement. Just raise some funds to fix the Yeti? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that, that, what, a, what an awesome move that would be. You start a nonprofit to save an artificial animal. <laughs> I don't know that true, that's ever been done. True animal kingdom fashion. Yep. I, I have uh, one Joe Rody story. Uh, I met it. him one one time. Uh, it was I about. I've met him twice. My my experience was better. Um, I've never met him, and I've also never been on Dan's podcast. <laughs> and you never will. Uh, <laughs> uh, about a year before Pandora opened, uh, yep. we were waiting in line for Kilimanjaro Safaris late at night, and uh, we were in the standby line. Definitely and, the best time to go. Yeah. It, well, it was during. It was actually because of the nighttime safaris um, mm-hmm. uh, that that had just opened, and so we were going on that. And they had that not given a opening date for Pandora yet. Uh, we were. This was during high speculation time amongst all of us on when it was going to open and all that stuff. Well, we're in the standby line, and all of a sudden, you, know, you kind of look down the fast pass line, and you see obviously it's Joe Rody and two other people walking along next to him. And, you know, kind of fanboying out, but not really saying anything. But luckily, the lady standing behind him holding his earring. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like a Uh, like a bride's train. uh, Yes. (laughs) I I wasn't going to interrupt him. But uh, the luckily, the lady behind uh, us standing in line was as big a Disney geek as us. And she had no problem interrupting his night. Tim, is there any chance that this ends in any other way other than Joe Rohde signing Ben's boobs? (laughs) 0% chance. (laughs) I thought so. Okay. Green light. Go a little lower. Um, <laughs> wow. There's that explicit tag. <laughs> Try to keep it classy here, Beth. Uh, so she stops him, asks for a picture. He takes a picture with her. And at that point, I'm like, ah, he's already stopped. So I asked for, you know, get a little picture. And 
at that point, she asks, hey, when is the Avatar ride going to open? And again, this was our summer trip, so usually mid to late July. Or no, this is earlier, earlier, a little earlier than that. And he didn't give us an exact date, but he just looks at her and he goes, are you guys going to be here this time next year? And we go, yeah. And he goes, you'll be riding Avatar. And so that was our little tip off of, oh, all right, let's plan our trip for this time next year so we can get back on on Avatar. So really cool guy, really nice. He No problem stopping, taking pictures, talking to people. Uh, just, you know, he seems real genuine and down to earth in, in every video we watch of him. And in my one experience with him, he came off the exact same way as he does in uh, everything we've seen him on. So, uh, you know, love everything he's done. And he's definitely going to be a big miss. You know. As you were saying that, it, it really brought something to my mind, which is I think there's a very strong correlation between the Disney executives and higher-ups that we love and the ones who really come off as being passionate about what they do instead of just being people who are trying to make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, you look at a guy like Bob Iger, you know, there's I don't think there's a creative bone in his body uh, unless, He's not a creative. Uh, you know, unless Joe Rody's behind him. Um <laughs> But, you know, you look at guys like Steve Jobs or Walt Disney or Joe Rode and, you know, Joe Rode, sorry, um, you know, and many, many, you know, Ward Kimball, all the original animators. These are people that it seems like they all sort of get astonished by the wealth that they build and the success that they have because they're just out there doing what they really love. And, man, if this company loses that and it all gets replaced with a bunch of, you know, uh, just uh, people who are trying to cl- climb the corporate ladder and make, make a bunch of money. I think we're really going to lose the magic of that place. You know, and that's only relatively recent. Uh, you know, I, I go back to when I was working out there, I met Michael Eisner one time and you know, the later years of Michael, I think things, he Went was really beat- a bit. <laughs> yeah, he was, but I think that was, there was so much into that. He was so beaten down by the job. And this is when the, the no kind of Wells is a big thing. That was yep. a big deal. But, you know, I think as a company, they were starting to put, you know, the board was starting to put profits over everything else. And, you know, the early years of him, he was extremely creative. He loved the parks. He loved, you know, the yep. the, the film site. He was very much into all that stuff. And the time that I met him was pre him kind of, you know, spiraling downward. Uh, I was working uh, the parade route at uh, Hollywood Studios. It was one of those side shifts off of Muppets and I saw him and I fanboyed out and I did I went up to him as Mr. Eisner and he it was just quickly oh it's Michael you know just and that's how wow. Disney that's how it always was you know you never called you by the last name you call him by the name tag and he had his Michael name tag on and it was just really I just wanted to say hi to him and he was like oh it's Michael I was like, oh, Michael, I just wanted to say it was nice to meet you. And that was That's it. That was, cool. a, that was our interaction. But yeah, it wasn't a call me Mr. Eisner. I'm above you. It was, you know, talking to a little college program kid and just, you know, oh, it's Michael. You don't have to call me Mr. Eisner. I loved it. And uh, that's one of the things I always loved with that company. But yeah, the the whole shift in the, the, the leaders and their kind of lack of creative side to it, you know, it is a recent deal. And hopefully, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's gone too far down the line that they can't fix it, but it, they don't have a super long history of not having a highly creative person in a, in super powerful positions. And so, uh, I, yeah, I mean, especially talking COVID now or profits, they've got to figure out how to maximize, uh, you know, at every current turn. Yeah. I don't know that that's going to change anytime soon, but Maybe we're not too far down the uh, road that we can't hopefully get that fixed at some point. Well, I, I do think that the world is still full of people who are talented and passionate and want to do what they love and make great things. And if that if you're a sculptor, that means you want to make a great sculpture. If you're a painter, you want to make a great painting. If you're a singer, you want to you know sing a great song. Like I think I think 
I don't think there's any shortage of those people. That's, that's the good news. Um, and I, the one thing that you just said that I'm not sure I agree with, I'm also not sure if I disagree with it, is that you made a comment that, you know, now that COVID has hit, they have to do more than ever to make sure they maximize in an, I think you've struggled to find the right thing. And I don't blame you because I'm not sure what the right thing is, but they have to struggle to survive, I guess. But I'm also not sure that the dynamic changes that much. I think that the way that Disney became successful in the first place was by making a better product than any of their competitors were. When it was films, they, you know, they revolutionized the world of animation. And then, you know, Walt had that epiphany sitting in a park and transformed the theme park industry. There's been and, a shift away from better to safer. That's been largely I, our problem. I think that there's a point at which safer becomes very dangerous because if innovation is what it is that got you where you are and that's your core competency, and then you for whatever reasons, uh, you know, whether it's market pressure or having a couple of successive failures, if you decide all of a sudden that you need to be safe, but what your actual core competency is, is pushing boundaries and making things that are better than the next guy is doing it, then is that really safe? Because what you're really doing is commoditizing your offering and you're making yourself very vulnerable to your competition. So it's, I, this is the biggest thing that scares me, I think, is that in these, you know, board meetings and, uh, you know, middle management is very complicit in this usually because they don't want to lose their jobs. So everyone starts to try to do things that aren't going to get them fired. But what they actually stop doing is doing the thing that made them successful in the first place. So I, I think that what Ben just said is probably a sentiment that echoes through the halls of, of Disney management. And I, to me, what is probably viewed as being the safe choice is the thing that will be their undoing if they're not careful. So a few things. I'm uh, going to rewind about five minutes and assume that I have the ability to play drops when Ben was talking about profits. Uh, I'm going to play the drop from Alien Encounter. Uh, profits are merely a byproduct we've learned to live with. Uh, that's uh, good. Excess tech. Ex excess tech. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and as you guys may have known, I inserted myself into a, uh, a mountain a, a tunnel. Into a, into a tunnel, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she has a name, Tim. Uh, the <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, you know when when Bob Iger was quoted as describing a roller coaster uh, as it some nondescript <laughs> roller coaster themed around India or whatever uh, that yeah. same day, probably not coincidentally, one Joe Rody posted a description of the intricacies of the theming of Expedition Everest. Did not quote Bob Iger at all. Just just did that presumably yeah. as kind of an fu to. Uh, uh, yeah. to, to his overlords, but to the commentary on risk and safety, uh, this quote is from Bob Iger, quarter three fiscal year 2014 earnings call. As we spend money at the parks on new attractions that are based on known intellectual properties and brands, the likelihood of their success is greater. So when we increase Toy Story's presence or other Pixar presence, when we put Frozen in the parks, when we grow Star Wars presence, which we will do significantly, when we do it with princesses, for instance, you're going to see, I think, basically better bets being made that pay off, that are more likely to pay off for us than some of the bets we've made in the past. Uh, if that isn't about playing things safe and tying things back to known entities as opposed to pushing the boundaries of things, I don't know what is. It was pretty darn clear there. Uh, is it clear? The problem with that statement is that it says nothing. <laughs> like <laughs> that, that statement says whatever you want it to. You know, I mean, certainly. I, but but it's where does these, safety and, and IP though? But where does IP come from, right? The IP doesn't fall out of trees. IP has to be created by creative people, just like an attraction has to be designed so by creative people. In the so, case of movies, though, 
where have they created successful IP in movies? It's largely been Disney animation, right? Uh, where, where they created that of whole cloth in recent years. Well, Whereas, I guess what I'm saying is that, it, you know, but every new animated feature that they create out of whole cloth can't be safety in the way no, that no, we that, were just that, describing fair. it. So, so they take what they're doing is they're taking risks in the movie theaters, but not in the theme parks. Right. And, and that's, that's where we object to it as theme park fans that they're not willing to do anything other than a safe bet tied to a known intellectual because, property that they have. And, and just to reiterate for the 10,000th time, the reason that we believe that is because we view an attraction as being its own art form. Right, exactly. Right? Not as a accessory that gets tied along to a movie. And Joe Rody also co- believes this, by the way. I'm sure he does. And I think that there are ideas that exist that are capable and created in someone's mind that translate better to a three-dimensional attraction than they do to a film. Just like there are some ideas that translate better to a film than they do to an attraction. So to to say that you're a company who prides creativity and who appreciates art in all of its different disciplines and manifestations, to take something like, you know, films and... And just project that they are necessarily identical in every way to an attraction in terms of what would work is one of the probably the biggest failures you can make in storytelling is that you're you're dealing with the tools of telling the story instead of the idea itself. I mean, it's got isn't it the story and the idea that matters? It's not the you know the film or the ride. That's just that's just the that's the craft. That's the yep. manifestation that you put together in order to to extract that idea that you had in your head and present it to the world so that other people could enjoy it. And I think that all different art, the reason we have the variety of forms of art that we do is because they all have strengths and weaknesses with regard to storytelling. So it's not just about, you know, getting it out there somehow. It's about getting the story out in the form that lends itself to being most persuasive and compelling. This goes back to what we said earlier that, for you can certainly base movies uh, on an intellectual property, and the attraction. Sorry, you can base movies on you can base attractions on an intellectual uh, intellectual property that's in a movie, and the attraction can live beyond that. Um, and right. so many have done that successfully. And the alternative, though, is if you're just going through your typical book report attraction, you just see vignettes of things you saw in another format, but it's now dimensional. Um, right. But then the the argument to the other side, uh, and I'm, if you want angry letters, here's some from fans that are, it's not political. Uh, I think Tron and all subsequent Tron movies have sucked, uh, but I am very much looking forward to the attraction because I think the world that was created in that movie lends itself better to a theme park ride than it does an actual movie. So uh, yeah. just one person's perspective on that, but I think it's well, part Tron's of the reason why I'm excited about the ride. Tron used film to bring to life a quote unquote world that is not that everyone sort of knows exists, but no one could visualize very well. Right. So I agree that if, if you can take this sort of uh, abstract concept and bring it to life in two dimensions, then the only thing better than that would be three dimensions. And that totally works. And don't get me wrong. There are plenty of intellectual properties that work in, in multiple formats. Uh, We've seen them. We've seen them represented in theme parks uh, not to uh, segue away from this, but uh, Super Nintendo World opening in Japan in February uh, is potentially another example of this where you've put people into well-known video game properties by recreating those worlds in three dimensions. Um, Harry Potter has done a great job of this. Obviously, Cars Land, uh, uh, Pandora have all 
uh, Star Wars have all taken worlds that we are familiar with and expanded upon them in some way, shape, or form, be it a kind of direct brick-by-brick uh, brick recreation like they did uh, in Harry Potter or inspired by like they've done with Star Wars and uh, Pandora. All of those things are interesting. Do you think it would be safe to say that attractions are to – uh, films as like musicals are to a song. Like there's, there's, it, there's value. I think when, when you produce a movie or a song or any form of art in the world loves it, mm-hmm. it makes sense to say, well, how, what else can we explore with this idea? Right. We have a good idea here. People have said we want more. So, so give them more. And I, you know, I, we've, we've tried probably a hundred different ways to describe why we don't like book attraction, uh, a book report attractions. And I think a big part of the reason is there's no more, Right. Like right. If, if you it's like whoever you might idolize, if you're a young person, whether it's a sports star or, a, you know, a celebrity or an inventor Dave or whatever, Vigoda. like like imagine Nothing. you have this idea of this idea. Right. The idea of this person or this of this person. If you meet them, it wouldn't just be like, well, they're there on three dimensions. Like you want to ask them more questions. Right. You right. want to ask the follow up. You want to know what the backstory is. How did you come up with the idea for the light bulb? You crazy bastard. Right. And that's that's what I want out of an attraction. If I love the movie, I don't just want to see the two dimensional thing I saw in three dimensions. I could write a computer algorithm to do that. Mm-hmm. What I want is to know more about what's going on. What is it? Something made me love this story. Give me more. You know, what's the backstory? What made this character that I like into what they are? And I, I think that's the thing that that um, that they're not doing as much of as they used to. I guess uh, a quick Joe Rody story, and then we can move on. One of the uh, multiple times that I've met him, 2013 at the D23 Expo was amongst the poorer D23 Expos where they didn't have a Parks and Resorts presentation. And what they did do though was a lot of Imagineering panels. And uh, Hunter uh, of Kingdom Cast, original fame, OG Kingdom Cast, if you will, uh, and I uh, hmm. got into a line where uh, Joe Rohde, Bruce Vaughn, um, Kathy Mangum, Tom Fitzgerald, uh, Mangum Eric, stuff. Eric Jacobson, and I think Eric Lau was the other one. I could be uh, remembering the last guy's name incorrectly, but he was big on uh, Tokyo. Dan- Daniel Lau, maybe. Uh, but anyway... Uh, everybody was asking Joe Rohde, when are you going to fix the Yeti? This is 2013, by the way. When are you going to fix the Yeti and what's going on with Pandora? And so I went up to him and said, look, I know you're getting the same questions over and over again. Yeti, Pandora. And he said, yep, that's pretty much it. Uh, so I said, all right, what I want to know is, uh, will the Animal Kingdom ever get pandas? And as a fan of zoos, I, I was interested in that. And he basically Not spelled it out for me. Uh, he basically spelled it out for me saying the issue with the Chinese government is that they will not uh, I guess you, you get pandas on a loan um, so they will not grant a loan of a panda to unless a, we build a theme park there uh, to, to a for-profit institution is what can I said. just make a suggestion here for his business opportunity sure panda flicks okay <laughs> But he, he explained it and explained it rather thoroughly that, like, this is clearly something that he's looked into. But the gist of it was China will not loan pandas to a, uh, a for-profit institution. He said, so based on that and that alone, we likely will never get pandas. And that was his, his explanation. And it was thorough and not trying to politicize anything, not trying to give false hope and just very, very blunt about it. How did you not recommend to him to send uh, Nicolas Cage into China to steal a panda? <laughs> That's a great idea. Well, who would you send, Nicolas Cage or Liam Neeson? <laughs> Nicolas Cage would find a panda on the back of the Declaration of Independence yeah. somehow. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, what if the Declaration of Independence was written on bamboo? There you, there you go. <laughs> Did we just make a new film? <laughs> possibly. Possibly. The second best thing to ever slide into our DMs on Discord <laughs> just came across. And we won't mention what this one is, but... Uh, Craig's got some competition now. <laughs> we, do have a, we do have a status update. So the other uh, quick Joe Rohde hit was uh, two years later, uh, I was amongst the first people in the Imagineering Pavilion at the D23 Expo, and he was there. Uh, there was a photo op in front of one of the Navi that I'm going to put in our show notes, and I started asking uh, Joe Rohde questions. Then, I, then a handler came out of nowhere, I think swarmed from the rafters above, and was like, hey, you need to schedule a meeting to, uh, to, to interview him. I was like, I'm asking the dude questions, and he was very pleasant, even with the handler there. He said, I'll just talk to you. You don't need to set up anything formal. And I honestly don't even remember the uh, the crux of the conversation other than he was he was nice about it. So yeah, nice. Other, you other, violated other, protocol, <laughs> got a gift, and you don't even remember the conversation. Yeah, I'll, just, yeah. I'll just talk to you. What, what do you have to ask me, son? When yeah. are you going to fix the Yeti? <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Excuse me, sir. The Yeti is leaking. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, Where's Buzzy? I, I will uh, hopeful. I'm hopeful that somebody else will take his place that uh, pays the care and attention to that park for the next fifty years. But the, uh, I I heard uh, Bob Chapek is taking that position. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so moving away from news, uh, our own Skipper Ben uh, just returned from Walt Disney World and has some insight into what the experience is like uh, during COVID. Uh, so you're there with your family. Uh, was it just the four of you, Ben, or was it uh, extended family as well? Sorry, I had to get this ready. <laughs> there we go. All right. So it started by Lisa and I sitting down at the computer, and we called up kayak.com. And we started wow. looking at four- <laughs> No, what he's doing is channeling the e-ticket report Japan trip show. <laughs> <laughs> Which you probably listened to. Uh, uh, <laughs> we booked our room at Saratoga Springs. We inquired about the pillows. Um, and now, what, no, what is the uh, foreign arm of kayak? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just remember that's the only time I've heard anybody ever go on kayak was you for your J- Japan trip report. And it backfired. <laughs> <laughs> no one's, And I didn't even see it coming. <laughs> So that that was a callback to diehard listeners who have followed all of us for a while now. So that's that was for you guys, or at least the important ones. That's right. <laughs> uh, no, so jackass. <laughs> finally, I got to go. If if people remember, this was the third attempt uh, this year uh, during the pandemic to go. We were supposed to go. My dad and I were supposed to go back in April for uh, WrestleMania and to uh, in Tampa, and then we we're going to spend a couple days going to Galaxy's Edge, and that got canned. Uh, and then I had a summer trip, and obviously that got canned. And uh, we were a little worried if things were going to work out, you know, for this one to happen. So uh, about a month before this trip, uh, my family and I, we all decided to get COVID and get that out of the way. <laughs> I wish I was joking. We didn't plan to get COVID, but we one did. One of get- the many reasons why we were not uh, recording for two months. Yes, it was all on me. I, I take the full blame. We had it's a uh, certainly not we, on you. We we had a death in the family, and then. During the travel to uh, for for the funeral, some one of us got COVID during the time and passed it along to everybody. But we're all good. We're all fine. Uh, it sucked. Don't go get COVID. Uh, wasn't fun. But we uh, one of the benefits of it, though, I, you know, <laughs> the the dumbass in me was like, so right, running, when I get, I guess. <laughs> right when I get COVID, I'm like, oh shit, our trip. <laughs> so uh, when I'm talking to my primary care physician, I was like, Doc, we got a we got a Disney trip planned, and like in 
you know, three and a half, four weeks. Uh, you know, what, what do we need to cancel? He's like, no, you'll be fine. You'll be able to go and enjoy yourself. And it's like, <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, we did. We got to uh, go and enjoy ourselves. We still followed all the protocols that the airlines and Disney mapped out for us. Uh uh, you know, did did our part to uh, wear Since our masks. Since about this, by the way, uh, Josh and I have gone around just licking total strangers uh, <laughs> for the last three weeks. Well, I mean, Josh but is in my jo- defense. Tim's always done that. <laughs> uh, you, just, I, you just want to be more like me. I get it exactly. I will say because Josh is going to bust my balls in a second after I say this, but uh, leading up to us getting COVID, we had not even ate at a restaurant anywhere. Uh, everything was takeout, bring home, all that stuff, and so there was a part of me starting to get worried, like. Where are we going to eat when we're in the parks and stuff yeah. like that? And uh, yeah, that's didn't my have to biggest about concern that. about we, going there. We went to Pecos Bills. We went to Cosmic Rays and found a table and you know enjoyed ourselves. So uh, you know, I guess we can kind of start. We we had a uh, five days, five days, yeah, five, five six days at uh, Disney, and, three and then romantic we romantic nights. Yep, <laughs> and then three days over at Universal. And honestly, it was a pretty interesting experience between the two. Um, we got to Disney and, you know, just all the, the, the screenings to get in, the process to get in, um, the, the distancing that they did uh, in the queues and throughout the park, uh, the signs, the cast members walking around with signs to remind people to wear their masks and things like that. Um, it was it, – I felt safer there than I have felt anywhere else during uh, this pandemic. We've said uh, that. We've yeah, said that, like it's probably amongst the safest places in the country, if yeah. not the safest place. Yeah, it was. Uh, if you're thinking of going, if you have any hesitation, there's no hesitation. Like they did a really great job of uh, of keeping things distant, keeping things clean. Uh, they had no problem speaking up to you if you were not following rules, which I was Good. very impressed with. I like that a lot. Um, and people would comply with it. I mean, we should people- probably take this moment to distinguish between being safe and feeling safe. There, there's <laughs> like, a, we've t- we've talked about that on the show. Yeah. That, like that. Ben you felt these- safe, though. He didn't feel safe going to a Chili's, but he did feel safe going there. So mm-hmm. if we that operate under the assumption but- that our feelings matter, then this okay, is really but- good news. <laughs> but I haven't gone to a Walmart where people were telling people to comply with a mask rule or distance and- or follow. You know, they, they had that. They have it. Some of them were ninety-year-old grandpas that are yeah. the greeter saying, "I've been to a Walmart before, right? There's a lot of people there that are not following any social norms whatsoever." <laughs> right, Pants I agree. Are considered a luxury, <laughs> sir. You can't just walk in and just a thong. You need to be putting something else. <laughs> and, any of those and normal nip- data? No, a nipple clamp does not satisfy that requirement. <laughs> Okay, fine. I, I, those I aren't even s- nipple clamps. Those are jumper cables, sir. Aisle <laughs> <Yeah>. six. <laughs> ben, ben, uh, this is why your trip reports take three hours. It is. <laughs> uh, no, I, w- I would just say that there. I have not gone to anything or been anywhere at home where rules were actually enforced and rules were actually enforced while I was there. So perception versus reality, whatever. They, they did at least make a conscious effort to uh, – Followed the guidelines that were set out. And if that was a subconscious way to make me feel safer, fine. But uh, I did feel safer while I was in there. I, I felt perfect. I, I won't say safer. I just felt kind of normal. That I guess that's the best way to put it. Like it, it was, that's it good. was, uh, we enjoyed ourselves. It wasn't in the back of my mind the whole time. I wasn't going, oh my God, I'm being overcrowded here or people aren't doing this and that. Uh, I felt fine. So, and we all felt fine. Again, was, the fact that you all had COVID, did that. <laughs> That probably my, well, also played a factor was, as well. I was there with my sister and her husband and their two kids, and they have not okay. had COVID, okay. uh, and they felt the same way. Good. So, yeah, 
Um, and you know, and we were trying to be cautious with them to make sure they, they, they were safe. You know, we didn't have to worry nearly as much, but because they were with us, we kind of treated it as if we had never had it before. So, uh, just because it would help them throughout the process as well. So, uh, that was it. I, I will, I will kind of start back though. I want to, I want to point one thing out that I forgot to even put down on my notes to mention in this, but, uh, you know, I haven't the proce- seen your notes. You don't need to tell us this. <laughs> the process to getting into the parks with the screening for the temperatures and stuff, that was easy and fine. Yeah. But right after that, the new security setups with the new walkthrough security scanners yeah. is fantastic. Good. One of the best things they've done in the parks in the last 10 years. I mean, the whole you, – you, you've, you've been there where you've walked up to the parks and you've seen those lines backed up at the security and you're like, oh, and my God. A, it's a soft target and basically totally defeating the purpose. Yeah. There is no – you just walk right through. It's Good. fantastic. If you get a little beep, they pull those people to the side. They do a quick little search and you're done. Getting through security and, – and I'm going there in a holiday week. So, I mean, we're not dealing with super light crowds. We're dealing with heavy crowds and you're just buzzing through the security checkpoints everywhere you go. So, well, my, I, have, uh, house I love arrest that. alarm thing set it off. What was that? My house arrest uh, ankle monitor. <laughs> will that set it off? Without that, a doubt. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> You're supposed to hold that out in front of you. So just kick your leg up high in the air got and it, walk, got walk it, through, got jump through one leg. So, I'm pretty flexible. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the, the you primary, know, that, that house arrest anklet didn't stop Gary at all. No. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Is that why he cut his legs off? Yes. You're going to wear the, the anklet? A little yeah. on the nose there, Patty. <laughs> uh, so Gary's the, risen TTAs down for a year and a half. Oh, man. <laughs> the, uh, the, the setup of this trip, we did Magic Kingdom two days. We did Hollywood Studios two days. We did Epcot one day, and we skipped uh, the worst park at Disney World uh, this trip you, altogether. You said you went to Epcot for a day. <laughs> My God, that place is just terrible right now. Told you. Uh, we'll start there. It, it's it's terrible, and it's an it's a shame that they charge the full price for you to go in there. Um, the walls are everywhere. the The flow is completely gone, uh, and even you know the simple things. the 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 world showcase is dead, dead. Mm-hmm. There's just no buzz. There's no liveliness. There's no entertainment. They should have uh, a new ride in like France or something. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, but even outside of that, I mean, honestly, Epcot is a park where I will pay over $100 to get in and go pay for overpriced beer to stand around and do nothing. That's that's like my perfect day at Epcot. And that's gone because my the bands are gone. The entertainment and the World Showcase is gone. So there, there's there's nothing to do. It's so uh, it's so dead and boring, and there's not going to change anytime soon. I don't think Ratatouille is going to opening that ride is all of a sudden going to just change the whole outlook of that entire park for the next you know year and a half, two years. It's um, it's it a sad, sad state. Yep, it is. It shouldn't it, be open. We've said it. It it uh, should not be open. No, it shouldn't be. Although um, at this point they probably need it for capacity purposes as people are becoming more more and more comfortable traveling but the state that it is in right now I mean you you were there most recently is it worse than Hollywood Studios when uh before Toy Story and uh Star Wars cuz you I'm sure you went to the studios then Yes it is worse because it they to me, there's nothing that you didn't have at least like the headliners of a Tower of Terror, of a rock and roller coaster. There's no, I mean, going the good thing now. Is all the rides going, are open, but. Yeah, but I mean, some of those rides are, you know, imagination. 
uh, Nemo. Those are Fig- those are. Figment's got a new sweater. <coughs> Figment does have a dandy. Did you see sweater. the sweater? I did see the sweater <laughs> twice. Uh, did it change you? It did. Well, one interesting thing on that, and I don't know if it's a malfunction or if they want to showcase the sweater, but the first room that you go in, uh, the sound room, the the, mm-hmm. the they don't kill the lights all the way right now. <laughs> so when the train's coming through, the lights are still on, and you see Figment kind of hun- hunched down. Yeah, it's real dumb. That's that's another major deal right now. And I, granted, I know it's COVID. They're doing everything they can to get just get the parks open. But there's so many broken figures on rides right COVID now. COVID thrives in the dark. I've actually learned that in my reading. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I, it doesn't go totally pitch black. <laughs> every attraction has things wrong with it. And I don't mean, like, just a nitpick and one or two things wrong. I mean, like – Four, five, six figures in Splash Mountain not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- the lights and figment not working. And, and even like the figment that you do see before you go into the touch and taste labs, he's looking to the left. Like whenever they put the sweater on, his head turned to the left and they never turned it back. Like it's he's not even looking at you when he's talking to you. <laughs> they snapped his uh, neck. <laughs> they snapped his neck. Uh, there's Probably just a good choice not going into the touch and taste labs pre pandemic or mid pandemic. <laughs> yep. Uh, we, that's just one thing that we noticed throughout a lot of the attractions that there were, there were things that are not being upkept on a regular basis. And that sucks, but I'm not surprised. I'm sure maintenance has yeah, been cut significantly. I, I agree. It's not something like I held against them, but it is noticeable. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you have your 12 year old daughter pointing things out and going, Oh my God, dad, that, that, uh, hen's eyes are messed up on the riverboat on Splash Mountain. Like it was literally one eye looking one way and the other eye was just shutting up and down, you know, rapid fire. It, it's no, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was one of those deals like I'm kind of okay with it, but yeah, when kids are noticing it and it really takes them out of the moment, uh, yeah, it's a bad show, you know, it's a bad show. So, uh, that's that's one deal. Epcot is just a, a shell of its former self. That I actually had more fun sending you guys those obnoxious texts all day of ways I could ruin Epcot <laughs> than the rides that we actually went on. We should go over some of those when you're done. <laughs> so, uh, but actually kind of before we get to one of the other parks and, and, and it's a little bit relevant to the new setup of the system out there, I have to admit, um, I'm a fan of the reservation system. The uh, assigning a park per day? Yep. Yep. If uh, given the choice of that versus just fast passes in advance, what do you prefer? So in, in if this was just like a regular April week, no holiday, no nothing going on, I would probably want the fast passes. Okay. But as somebody traveling on Thanksgiving week and knowing that the crowds are heavy and hearing uh, Bob Chapek saying that they're almost at capacity on the hotel rooms and all the parks are booked, you know, there is that fear of, are we going to get it into the parks? And we had that fear with our last three days going to Universal because Universal had been hitting capacity on the weekends throughout October and had not done it yet before we got there. But without the reservation system and knowing they're limiting capacity and knowing they're giving priority to the hotel guests, there was that fear of, my yeah, God, we got to get sense. there at eight in the morning to get in there or we're not going to get in the park all day. Uh, the first day we were at Universal, they did hit capa- they hit capacity the first and the third day. Uh, we were in early enough to, to get in, but uh, – we had that fear the whole time and knowing how we had to commit ourselves super early to get over there. Uh, whereas with the Disney parks, we had our reservation. We knew Guess, we were, quick we question, were in. Ben. Once you're in, are you in? Like if you go to Islands of Adventure and get in. Depends and then, on how you thrust. <laughs> and then you go over to Universal. 
Does that mean that if you try to go back to IOA that you might not be able to get in? Or so, yeah, you do not want to leave through the front gates. You want to go either on the Hogwarts Express or uh, they actually open up a back alley that is between the by the cat in the hat yeah. and it leads you backstage and exits you. Uh, you walk in front of the Blue Man Group uh, uh, or stadium stage or whatever. So that <laughs> way you're, it, you're always in. You're always you're behind. You're always the, in. You actually do not uh, leave yeah. the parks. So, yeah, and, and you, you're, commi- you're committed to the park all day. Uh, they, when it's they when must it's heavy not crowds. hate that. No, no, no. And we did. We, we weren't planning on leaving anyway. But you know, last thing I want to do is get over there at ten o'clock in the morning, and the parks are at capacity, and I got to sit around and do something until three o'clock when I've paid full price already to get to get in. So, uh, whereas having the reservation system at Disney had no problem, we knew going in. You know, first day Magic Kingdom, the next two days Hollywood Studios, uh, then Epcot and the Magic Kingdom. It was all planned out ahead of time. We had no fast passes, but. Um, we also knew we were getting in, so that we could we could take our time in the morning. We could do whatever we needed to, uh, and not have to have that fear, uh, especially on busy, busy seasons. Uh, I, I I didn't know I was going to like the system as much as I did, but I did enjoy it. And honestly, the trade off was having no fast pass. That was fine. Mm-hmm. It was old school Disney, and you know. People talk about, and they've been posting the pictures. Oh my God, look at the lines for this! Pirates is extending all the way to Main Street. Blah blah blah. The lines were easy, super yeah, easy. People just like posting something to social media that looks ridiculous, but don't understand the scope of it. I can't stress this enough. Uh, Pirates would say it has a sixty-minute wait, and the lines extended, you know, to Aloha Isle. Well, mm. we got in line, and we decided let's start. Let's just start keeping time on all these things. Everything, and I mean everything. The entire trip was fifteen to twenty minutes shorter than the posted wait time. And you buzzed right through. You just kept walking. It was so easy. And honestly, I enjoyed it. I liked having space on both sides. I didn't have some weird family creeped up right behind me on my ass the whole time trying to move through the queue. We had our space. It was was wonderful. We all walked away at the end going, this isn't that bad. It does Mm -hmm. make for an awkward visual on the outside. Uh, It does make for an awkward visual when when, uh, Millennium Falcon extends into Toy Story Land. But it hmm. doesn't. It doesn't make the actual line longer. It's just the space you cover is longer. Yeah, people and don't often, understand that. Every time it was a shorter wait. Every single time. Uh, so, you know, don't believe anything you see with these pictures and, and oh, it's overcrowded. I mean, have you seen Fantasyland during the summer mm-hmm. with with no extended queues? It sucks. They're pe- and, and it was nothing like that. Even though. The you know Peter Pan extended into Liberty Square. What was the, I sent you the Haunted Mansion one that extended down through uh, Frontierland? Yeah, yeah. But you just got in line and you walked at a slow pace until you got on the Doom buggy. It was great. Minor diatribe here. During normal non-COVID times, one of the things that grates at me is the uh, announcement over the PA that says uh, move in, fill all available space yep. to uh, reduce your time in line. Really, it's just so you get people. It, it is that's yep. not the reason, but that's the reason you sell people, and people yep. don't understand how how math works. If if I would take this without a doubt, no more fast pass and extended queues like this that you just walk. I would have no problem if that became the new normal. Okay, so that's it. Uh, that's it. That was my trip. <laughs> well, I mean, you oh, hit sorry, on, you sorry, hit sorry, on a lot of the COVID related things. Uh, do you have COVID protocol related things? Anything beyond that, or do you want to actually just you know? Let's talk Disney and ignore the pandemic aspect of all of it. 
And the only thing I would say is Universal seemed to be a little bit more lax in their crowd control than Disney was. Uh, There were instances there where things were a bit more overcrowded. But again, what are you going to do in an area like Hogsmeade that was made to be tight, you know, tight quarters? So there's not a lot you can do in those deals. But uh, so Universal was a bit more lax with the enforcement, uh, but not to an extent that I felt, you know, any great danger by any means or anything like that. So, uh, but I, I do want to, I want to tip my hat off, a hat off to, to Disney from top to bottom, what they did on theirs. The other thing I want to say before we get into ride reviews and all that fun stuff is the cast members and the team members did an outstanding job. Um, they were all awesome, especially considering the crap that they probably have to put up with on a daily basis and the fear that they've had of, you know, keeping their jobs and this and that. I mean, the smiles on their faces, the friendliness, they were all into everything that they did. Um, so that was awesome. I, 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 I want to just give them a <laughs> good Lord. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, we're keeping this Josh. in the show and we're just not going to explain what's going on. <laughs> I love Josh. <laughs> uh, so I want to tip my hat off there, and then, I don't know, maybe we'll get into this, and Josh can uh, uh, chime in after he wipes. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Josh, you there? Josh, uh, no? Um, uh, he's gone to the little girl. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, the, the only thing I want to complain on, the, I think they overthought some of the dividers on some of the attractions. It did make for bad experiences on some of the things. Uh, we you did. showed us uh, living with the land. Oh, it was so bad. Uh, a, a flexible piece of plastic between each row and one of those thick pieces of plastic doesn't really work on a ride with. Uh, you know, we, we wanted to do it because it was the Christmas version, the, the Christmas lights. Yeah. And so when you have lights reflecting off of everything, it just makes where you can't see anything unless you're looking directly to your left or directly to your right. You cannot look in front of you whatsoever unless you're in the very front row, uh, which they weren't seating the very front row. It, it was really, really weird. Uh, the other a one. Pervert, a pervert with a twisted sense of humor can put the winter melons in a living with the land sweater. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh we had the same experience on the Jingle Cruise. Okay. Uh, it was hard to see at night, so we had to, the second time we did it, we did it during the day, and it was better, but there's just so much plastic all over the place that it's hard to, to see outwards on there. And then uh, Runaway Railway. The first time we did it, we were in the second row behind the, the glass that, uh, first off, their glass has a metal bar that goes across the top, which automatically just takes you out of any kind of setting. Yeah. It, it really frames the visuals real weird. And then you're also on a ride with video screens behind you. So those screens reflect off the glass in front of you that reflect back into your eyes. It's terrible. Terrible. Um, And honestly, I know they said that they added that so they could get more capacity and it would cut down the wait time. It only cut down the line by like 15, 30 minutes. And that's just not enough for me to have a bad experience for everybody that got in the second row. So I would, I would, go back to the way it was and suck it up with the longer waits for it and, and let people enjoy the attraction the way it's supposed to be enjoyed. Uh, unlike Rise of the Resistance, where we did it once in the... We'll have a spoiler alert here, but we'll jump ahead. We did it once in the front row and once in the second row behind the glass. And that's Josh, I think. Nope. Damn, I didn't know. My bad. That's a big one tonight. Um, 
uh, the the sitting behind this in the second row behind the glass on Rise, they do not have that metal bar that goes across. So okay. you're not you're not taken out of the setting. And I thought it was fine on Rise. So uh, hits and misses and things I still got to figure out on a few things. But uh, to me, if you have to put that much like on Living with the Land, if you have to put that much plastic up, take half of it down and and use less capacity. It's not like people are the demand you know, for living with the land. Is right. Necessitate no, that. it doesn't. So, uh, runaway, but, runaway. I understand your perspective, but I get it as well because that ride was open for two weeks without partitions. And well, not, sorry. It was open for two weeks prior to COVID, uh, with, I'm phrasing this horribly. It was open for two weeks without limited capacity and has been open since with limited capacity. So, there is a desire to ride that. I guess my question on there is, it, I mean, the the ride vehicles between Rise and Railway are very, very, very similar. Okay. And the, the, the flow of the attraction is very similar. Why does one of them have to have that metal brace across the top and the other one doesn't? If you took that metal brace across the top off of it, it would, it would make for a better experience on Railway. But uh, as it stands right now, Rise does its best to not let you know there's something in front of you, and Railway, there's no way to ignore that there's something in front of you that just distracts you the entire time. Okay. No, I mean, it's it sucks. I, I understand the why of it. I don't necessarily understand why there needs to be a black bar across uh, the top of Runaway Railway, but um, if that's something that can be modified uh, at some point uh, soon then you can just improve the guest experience while also keeping everybody safe. Yep. Yep. So, so to that point, so we're done with COVID. Yeah. We're, we're done, done with, with COVID. COVID. So what, what were, you had a lot of new to you stuff on this trip. Um, what did you think of the construction walls in Epcot? Are they, are they well, no, uh, you, you hit on two right there. Why don't you go into them? Um, runaway railway. Okay. We'll, uh, actually we'll do... all of Star Wars land. Cause you hadn't been in there at all. Yeah. We'll do the easier one first with railway. Um, okay. It's cute. It's fine. Okay. My kids loved it. I'm a I'm a great movie ride stan. Uh, I would have loved to have ridden. Uh, ridden. I've been on it a lot of times. I would have Old loved man to. Grassy's have... going to chime in here. You're a fan of great movie ride, not a stan yep. of great movie ride. I'm a stan of it because uh, <laughs> I'm hip like that. Oh, hey, Josh. Yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Anyway, everything good? <laughs> I hurt my. I have very spicy chicken for dinner. Let's leave it at that. Speaking of flow, Josh, how you doing? <laughs> um, we asked you a lot of questions while you were gone that maybe you could answer for us in the uh, in the comments below. Uh, the answer the is, I'm in a great deal of pain. <laughs> uh, I love the great movie. I would have loved to have worked the great movie ride uh, mm-hmm. behind Jungle Cruise. That would have been my next choice if I had gotten over there. Can you can you take great movie ride out of it? Let, let's say as we had and several others had suggested that this was built in addition to not to replace great movie ride. Would your mm-hmm. opinions of this change? I would still call it cute. Okay. It's fine. I don't hate it by any means. We wrote it several times. The, 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 the thing I go back to is I have complained for years that that park did not have enough things for kids to do. Yep. So when they give you a ride that the kids absolutely love, I can't complain about it. Uh, uh, better than Toy Story Mania. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. This is this is like we both call it a knee ticket. The can I call the effort e ticket, but the execution a little bit below that. Okay. I, I think I think the heart was there. I think it was oversold a bit about the you know we're gonna see amazing things like we've never seen before uh, with with things disappearing in front of our eyes. You know that really happens in one room. 
the other rooms, it's like you're just changing the television channel to, you know, your, the screens are changing from one thing, look this way. And when you look back, the, you know, it's like you changed the channel. Uh, so I wasn't necessarily as impressed with that. But the, the final scene when you're in the factory and it turns into the park, it's cool. But I think Rafferty and some of the Imagineers maybe oversold the whole technology behind that a little bit. Um, but I mean, like, like I said, my girls wanted to go on it over and over and over again behind the stuff at star Wars, uh, galaxy's edge. This was their favorite ride in the park now. Uh, and, and slinky dog. They, they both love slinky dog. I love, Sl- I, I, the more and more I ride slinky dog. Uh, it's just, I don't think it's appreciated enough as a, a good of a ride as it is. Uh, so, it, it does its purpose. I think it would have been much better had it been built maybe in the animation courtyard and we had great movie sure. ride and that ride. That's the, that's the absolute, the, the perfect way for that to have been set up would have been that way. Uh, Cause I would have loved to have this in the mix with the great movie ride. Yes. It would have been a perfect, uh, you know, attraction to do at some point during the day, along with everything else that was originally there. So uh, it hurts that movie ride's gone, but again, I probably, I probably overrate that one the way uh, people overrate other things. So, um, that's yeah, that's my take on that one. The, the the it's a it's a cool it's a cool ride. I will say that the YouTube videos don't really do it justice, like most YouTube videos don't. Uh, it, it is, is a the big, best way to experience the parks. That's right. So uh, smash th- that like button, <laughs> <laughs> subscribe, comment below. Um, the rooms are huge. The rooms are massive. You know, you you are immersed in that world. So, uh, it it it, it does its it does its job. Now, does, does the show building seem smaller? Because, like, great movie ride, it, it always sort of amazed me that that was indoors. You know, you, you yeah. travel so much distance, it's, it, you just felt like you were in a unrealistically large uh, space. Does it feel that way dis- still? I think we discussed this before, where it only takes up, like, two-thirds of that entire building. Yeah, yeah. I think it takes up the entirety of it. Yeah. And, well, that's why I'm asking, like, what is the, what is well, the subjective that, that, that impression would be my there? That would be, I guess, maybe my one complaint, as I do feel it goes by very fast. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't have that length. That's one thing I loved about the movie. Like you said, is it, you're in there for an extended it's, period it's of time. Minutes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that part of it. Whereas this one, you're in and out. It's it's quick. Uh, we did get uh, uh, evac'd off of it. That was pretty fun. Uh, we got stuck in the carnival room. And was that your uh, first ride on it? No, that was my that, second. That's perfect. actually perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it was my first ride in the front, though. Uh, okay. but so for the the second the, the first time we wrote it we were behind that glass and kind of sucked so the second time we're like oh sweet we're in the front row and then it dies into the third room <laughs> and at that point they're like hey get a fast pass come back later and you're not guaranteed that front row again so you're like oh man i kind of wish i'd gone through so i could do that but we, yeah we got uh, escorted off the ride from that room uh we were walked backwards so we went from the carnival room to that seems the like west- a tripping hazard yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, went to the western room, went through uh, the train room, went through the little park at the start, and then got back to the uh, load unload area. So, uh, my girls thought that was like the coolest thing in the world. So they. It, so let's talk about the the breakdown because so much of this is projections, or not so much, pretty much the entirety of the ride is projections on physical sets, uh, but they're they're not like super detailed physical sets in a lot of cases, right? So how yeah. much of that were you able to see? Or were projections still live? Well, if you visit uh, WDW theme parks on Twitter, uh, yeah. you can watch a video of it. Uh, <laughs> I just retweet we, things. I don't watch them. Uh, so shameless. Got, like, like when we got into that room, the whole scene had not started yet. Okay. I believe that's what happened. We, we got stuck right as we entered. So the balloon Mickey and Minnie did not fly out yet. 
uh, and everything did not stop. It just cycled in a, in like a three second loop. If that makes sense. Like it, 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 it it's sort of like a video game fighter, just kind of like in their it, default mode. I'm sure all animatronics and all show scenes have yeah. like a default mode. Yeah. So you had like you get the wind was picked up and stuff like that. So it just kind of had some motion to it for about five minutes, mm-hmm. and then it stopped. And that, that's and, and and then we sat there for another five minutes before we were escorted off. So it had about a five minute loop of it, just kind of constantly in motion, and then just everything shut down. So in your, uh, you, you said that because this was your first time with the front row, I, I think we, we all like being evac'd off rides as kind of an, of the experience of it. Would you have preferred to have ridden it a few more times before you had that experience? <laughs> Fair question. Without knowing I was going to get that front row again, yes. Okay. Yep. How many times well, did you end up riding it? I think we did it four times total over two days, and we had two, okay. two times in the front and two times in the back. Okay. So my uh, this is how much how crazy I am. I would have rather it happened later, but not because I would have felt like it would have ruined my second ride. But I feel like like if I got evac off Spaceship Earth right now, I know where I want to look as I'm yeah, walking exactly. out of there. Yeah. Like I want more experience at what I need to hunt down when I get that opportunity. Yeah, you know, trying to figure out certain effects. Uh, exactly. I mean, how, I don't, how often I, do we do I don't that? Think, like, what was that? I was going to say, how often do we do that, especially the first time through on a ride? You're trying to figure out how an effect works. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think – I wonder what percentage of people who really love ride-through attractions the way we do also appreciate magicians like David Copperfield and stuff. Because it's it's the same sort of thing, right? It really is, yeah. It's a deterministic, basic illusion that is just mind-boggling. And I guess there's some right. people that get their primary joy out of being deceived and other of us who just want to figure out how it's done. And then smart people. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> do, I'm do trying so watch- hard not to get any user feedback. <laughs> do either of you watch uh, Penn and Teller's Fool Us? It is one of my guilty pleasures. I don't actively yeah. watch the show, but I fall down the YouTube rabbit hole all couple, the time. Yeah. And, that, yeah. and they they kind of have that same uh, idea because, you know, they, they – uh, they're not looked down upon in the magic world, but there are some that don't like that they reveal as much as they do reveal. And sure. and they've always looked at it the same way. as like it doesn't make the trick any less amazing right. knowing yeah. how it's done. And and I think we all feel that same way. Yeah, I want to see it the first time, but then I immediately want to go, how did you do that? Uh, it's why I worked there. It's it's the number one reason why I went to work at Disney is like that I wanted to be behind the scenes. I wanted to know how this stuff was done. And in no way has that ever killed any of the magic for me whatsoever. How do you feel about sausage? <laughs> to that that point. <laughs> that's the one thing I hear that you don't want to know how it's made. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm going to use the, the magic comparison, but I think – in general, something that I appreciate is when experts in the field are impressed by another expert in the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so not, it's not the same thing like going, being evac from a ride, but going through a ride like that with an Imagineer or with an engineer that worked on it uh, yeah. would be right up our alley. And that's, that's kind of where a show like um, the Imagineering story uh, not necessarily praising the other experts in the field, but just kind of lifting the curtain or you're giving that peek behind the curtain was so fascinating to us. The first anyway. uh, half of that series was fantastic. Yeah. Well, and I love I, I love the second half, too. And even about what we're going to talk about, you know, yes, some of the behind the scenes of Rise of the Resistance was spoiled for me watching that show. But 
it didn't take away from any of the magic to it. And and now on, I haven't gone back to watch it, but now that I've been on the ride, I am dying to go back and watch the, the last 15 minutes of that last episode to see that stuff again and, and yeah. see exactly how those ride mechanism worked. So uh, do you have anything further on uh, Mickey Mini, or do you want to go over to Rise of the Resistance and Star Wars Land? Uh, I, I was wanting to talk about uh, Lightning McQueen's racing school. Okay, well, we can save that for another show. Okay. <laughs> the Tangled uh, Bathroom, do, Tangled Bathroom do, slash Lightning McQueen Racing School. Do, do any of our listeners give a shit about Lightning McQueen's Racing Academy? Josh probably does. That's Patreon material. There, you got to pay See, extra for that action cut. Okay, there you go. Okay, that was that was a poop joke. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm still never mind. I'm it was still a hurting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jo- Josh Hi-oh. gives a lot. Josh gives a lots of shits tonight. <laughs> You can edit this out in post, right? <laughs> nope. I can. I won't. <laughs> You're terrible. Teach you to eat spicy chicken before we record. Uh, I had spicy uh, chicken tonight. I'm not having any problems. Yeah, so well, I had my, wife, rib. my wife, who does not cook, decided she was going to make chicken. So She's she being cr- thrown under the bus right now because this is all staying in the show. She crockpotted this chicken. And then the recipe called for buffalo sauce with a dash of your favorite hot sauce. She didn't have any buffalo sauce. So what she used (laughs) was Chris Tucker's, uh, go to mothertuckershotsauce.com. Liquid fire. Super hot Carolina (laughs) Reaper sauce. Oh, there you go. This is not for beginners. This was based, this chicken was almost like spontaneously combusting in the the crock pot. Are you sure it was Reaper and there wasn't an E dropped in that? Anyway, (laughs) sorry. This was rough. Moving over to Galaxy's Edge, Ben. How do you think? What do you think of Galaxy's Edge? Meh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> was the cantina open? Uh, it was, but we did not go. Uh, we we didn't do some of the inside stuff. We didn't do uh, again. We had a little bit of a limited time with you know everything we wanted to get squeezed in. Uh, the park hours are not extended, so they were closing at seven every night uh, and opening a little bit later in the day. So it was just kind of a weird setup where you had to get in what you wanted to get in. And, and we kind of said a few of those experiences, like my daughters want to build uh, a uh, Android and we're going to do that. But we said, we'll do that. And we come back in the summer and have a little bit more time to, to do those things. But since we had Star not been Wars on fans are yelling at you, it's a droid, not an Android, Android, an- sorry, Android. Uh, and so the West we- world experience is down the road. <laughs> we all want that. Uh, so a few of those things we're going to do when we go back in the summer. Sure. Uh, none of us have been on the rise before, so we, we wanted to key in on that. So the thing I'll start with is it is fantastic to get your boarding groups while laying in bed at your resort. Okay. The whole experience, uh, I, I, I will be honest, that first day at the Magic Kingdom, all I could think about was what the <laughs> hell we have to do to get that boarding yeah. group the next morning. We were, I was stressed out. Uh, I don't have a trip planned, and I'm stressed just thinking about it. For the next trip. Yeah. If that's so corporate. Lisa and I both woke up about 645 to get our apps launched and everything. Uh, At about 657, I go to hit my app and I realize my, this had not done it at all the day before. It had not done it that morning, but for some reason, 657, my iPhone decided it needed to reload the app, re-download and reload my app. Oh God. So (laughs) I am in fucking panic mode. Sorry for the language there. For people that Uh, don't know, you have, you have less than 10 seconds to do this. Oh my God. I was in panic mode. Lisa had her phone up and she's good. I'm frantically trying to pull my iPad out and trying to sign in there and get going uh, with, with 659, it finally loads and I'm good and I'm in there. Uh, 
we have one of those. Uh, God dang it, Josh! You're you're much smarter than me. What is the uh, the, the 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 clocks? The countdown clocks? The uh, timer? No alarm. Stopwatch. A watch. Uh, the, the the world <laughs> clock or whatever it is. What's that? Grandfather called, right? clock. Grandfather. We had a grandfather clock that we stole from the haunted mansion. Okay. Uh, we had one of those countdown apps uh, clocks. And, Sundial. And, oh, are we done guessing? <laughs> uh, atomic clocks. God damn it! Uh, uh, I, I figured Josh that would roll off his tongue, but no. We had an atomic clock countdown. Well, thanks for the clue, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> and you gave us are, such good information, Ben. Huh? <laughs> uh, in, in bed, I'm literally doing a whole thirty second countdown along with it we hits right at um seven we did not do the whole relaunch of the app we had the apps fired up and we were signed in and we were just waiting for the uh the 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 button to click to to get in there to to get your boarding group and we both got through the first morning right at seven and then when it got to the second screen we were both able to add our entire party but then when i hit to go through i just kept getting a frozen screen and I was like, oh, damn it. And right when I'm like, damn it, Lisa's like, I got us group 46. So did it auto we were, select everybody or did you have to manually select the you have what the you say, auto, seven or eight people? You have the auto select button at the top. And this was just the four of us. My sister was not there at the okay. time. They weren't in with us. So yeah, you just hit the select button at the top and it, it triggers everybody that's in the park that has a reservation for Hollywood Studios that day. That's another yep. requirement. Yep. Um, and then you hit submit, and and she got group forty six. And I figured the reason I couldn't go to that next screen was because it recognized that she had gotten through with my account with with my group and had locked me out. So okay. uh, at that point, we set our clocks for like nine o'clock, went back to sleep, and uh, you know it was not stressful at all. It wasn't the whole experience of getting up at five and parking two hours early and getting through security and getting through the front gate and then trying to find a spot where you're not next to everybody to get a good signal. It was super easy. And the next morning it was the same exact experience, except I was the one that got through and she didn't get through. I got group six. I, we, wow. I, I'm sorry, 16. We were, we were the second boarding group. Uh, it starts with one through 15 and then we were, we were the next one up. So, uh, we had to get. We didn't get to sleep as long that day because we had to get to the park because you have a one hour window yeah. to get back, uh, which was fine. It was easy. So and they were uh, opening up those boarding groups ahead of ten o'clock, right? Meaning uh, that like if they were, I didn't notice it. Okay. Uh, I can't. I can't confirm if they they did or not, but I can confirm that the two days that we were there, it was a Thursday and a Friday. Uh, the ride did not go down at all. Uh, it's been having trouble this week. It has. We had a super smooth process. We had the whole pre-show experience. We had the whole uh, shuttle experience. We Excellent. had the whole uh, interrogation room experience. And we had the ride. The only thing that did not work on the ride was the second time we rode. Uh, we The first time we rode, we went in uh, the elevator shaft that is right in front of the cannons. Mm -hmm. And the second time we rode, we were on the side view. And when we rode that side view, uh, Finn was not moving uh, okay. that day. But that was the only thing that was not functioning on the ride. And, and he doesn't move a whole lot to begin with. So uh, if you didn't know, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have noticed. Um, but everything else, the Kylo AAs, everything worked. All the screens worked. Uh, Kylo at the end was in A mode. Uh, so we got we got the full we got the full deal, and it was awesome, absolutely awesome. Um, maybe a little bit shorter in person in real life feeling than what you watch on the videos, as far as the actual ride part itself. Um, it, you do seem like you're at the end of the ride 
minute, you know, seconds after it starts. So maybe that is some truth that it's a relatively short ride time, or maybe it's just they do such a great job of building the excitement and anticipation that uh, mentally you're flying through it uh, until you get off. So, uh, so you would you would watch video before? Had anybody yeah. else in your family watched video before? Yeah, we had all watched it. Okay, I, so- I, I mean. It, so I would not have watched it if we had originally gone back in April. Yeah, but it was Our, a year plus. Or not a yeah, year plus, but yeah. And, you know, when you're stuck in your house all this time, we're looking for things to do. And <laughs> so we we're like, screw it, let's watch it. So, uh, but again, didn't take anything away from it. It was, it, it, that's typical. You know, if, if we're going to be there within weeks of a ride opening, we won't watch it. But if it's a year, we don't care. It's fine. Sure. Um, so, no, we loved it. The girls loved it. Uh, you know, it's fun with them going. Can we get another pass to ride it again? Every you know, right when you get off. So that's a that's a good sign that the the ride's good. Uh, but you have to explain to them that nope, you get to do this one time yeah, each one day, and that's it. So, uh, so take you know, me hope- to that for, to that first day. So you get group forty six. I'm yep. guessing you probably got on it like you know uh, mid afternoon, probably. Mid, mid, we after lunch. So okay. we we had a fabulous lunch at Pizza Rizzo. And uh, I'd say that there's plenty of other good choices, but there really isn't. Uh, we well, eating in Star Wars land. We we enjoy Pizza Rizzo, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> no accounting for uh, lack of taste buds. Right, I'm, I'm, right. I'm guessing your uh, COVID taste buds hadn't gotten back yet. Uh, I, I didn't lose my taste, so I was all good. That, Are you sure? Because you were eating sure. a Pizza Rizzo with, willingly. There's nothing wrong with Pizza Rizzo. It's a fine, fine. Other meal. than the food, it's fine. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, so we, anyway, we did it. So. <laughs> we did it after lunch. Uh, so yeah, I mean it was easy. After that, you just walk right in. You go up to the front. So they scan you in, and you buzz right through the queue. And before you know it, you're in that first uh, pre-show room with Ray and BB-8, and you're going. I mean, we we were we you literally for our, my two experiences, we walked right into that room. So there was no backup. There was no waiting in the queue. So when you didn't time, have like a, a wait at all. No, we uh, walked, we, you walked through, like we had to slow down to look at things. We had to okay. make ourselves slow down to look at stuff and then it just got right on. So I want to know really just kind of like that, the first day that you went on Rise of the Resistance was your also your first day in the studios. Yeah. Uh, so what time did you arrive? What did you do first? Like you, we, were at, you, we were at park open each day. Okay. Um, and the first day we went immediately to Smuggler's Run. Okay. And... Before we get into that, I need to do something right now. I need to apologize to Smuggler's Run. I know I was harsh on it from the original videos and people doing their reviews of it and stuff. We loved Smuggler's Run. Absolutely loved it. I do think it helps that we had our own cabin so I could yell at my daughters as if I was captaining the, you know, piloting the ship myself. <laughs> uh, we, we, we treated this like we were on a mission. We geeked out on it. We were punching every button. I was yelling at so my daughter. So much of that for is not you sh- selling it, though. I mean, it, it helps a lot when you can do that. Like, yep. Mission they, Space is fun if you're in yep. with a group of people that are... That are fun. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I also remember saying it looked more like a glorified Dave & Buster's ride, and it's way mm-hmm. more than that. Like oh, the, it's definitely more than that. Yeah, yeah. The, the movement, the 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 video, like it, it, just, it looks very realistic. Walking through the Millennium Falcon, you know, it, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> my favorite deal is the uh, uh, the Jetway. Yep. And the the floor actually buckling underneath you, like yep. you're on a that's, like that's just the little great things. Effect. I'm like, that's so awesome. Yep. Uh, so I had the biggest smile on my face. One of the rare occasions where uh, skimping on building materials actually results in a superior experience. Yeah, yeah. So 
the whole the whole deal was so much fun. Uh, I didn't even notice that you know we did the same mission. Like we did the ride like six times in two days. Mm-hmm. We we kept going back, and it just cycles people so good. It's a very efficient ride. Oh my and god, super impressive. Efficient and reliable. Yeah, so it was a no-brainer when we had to kill a little time. Let's just go ride that again, and, and we did it. But, yeah, the whole, like, I, I did not feel the repetitiveness of it. Uh, I'm sure five years from now, we'd be going, like, oh, let's get another mission on there. It would not hurt to have a few more missions in the in the rotation. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, how many times did I ride the original Star Tours? Yeah, exactly. And never complained. Like, I love it. I, I would do anything to ride the original Star Tours again right now. So, uh it could have that feel down the line as well to where it's cool. We might get, I mean, every time we got two things of coaxium and we damaged the, uh, the ship every single time. <laughs> it, so it was like the same exact experience and we got off smiling and laughing and, you know, don't, don't let the Wookiee know and making our jokes as we went off there and wanting to get back in line and do it again. So, uh, what was your favorite position, uh, that you experienced on there? Like what was your favorite job? I liked piloting. Uh, I did like piloting. We, we rotated around. My one daughter just wanted to pilot all the time. And my one daughter wanted to be the gunner the whole time. Did Uh, you feel that it was responsive to your control inputs? Yeah, pretty responsive. I did. I did. Okay. Because I had a massive problem with that. I felt like I was basically not even doing it. You have it. flown actual planes before. Yeah, this is a yeah. simulator, Josh. <laughs> yeah, but okay. I, okay. Just, your, your opinions on this, while not, while not irrelevant, need to be put in that context. No, that's bullshit. If, I, um, if you're playing Nintendo and I come unplug your controller and I say, well, you are actually a plumber. You don't know that he would have been hitting those bricks with his head. You wouldn't re- You wouldn't accept that as a viable uh, I, I don't complaint. see the parallel there. You're, no, you're, I mean... You've, you've flown actual airplanes, so if you're measuring responsiveness to that, I mean, that's just that's not a realistic comparison. Okay, but this thing doesn't respond like a flight simulator. The thing doesn't oh. respond like anything. This doesn't respond like a... It's not a like real a, spaceship either. <laughs> okay, but if you play any video game where you're flying the spaceship in the video game, the fucking ship moves in conjunction with your <laughs> control stick. That's not what that attraction does. And I, I made that complaint, and I got an email from an Imagineer who said, yeah, that's correct. So I don't think I'm completely off base here. The, well, ne- the the reality I, of like I, I never in a million years thought I would grow up to where my experience would be held against me as a basis to argue that I don't have a position to complain about something. <laughs> How does that work? I didn't say that you don't have a position. I think your position needs to be put in that context. Yeah, that's that was my point. I need to go back down there and test this thing out. <laughs> now I hate this ride. Thanks, Josh. Good. <laughs> you, ruined you ruined Christmas. And that's all uh, I wanted to do. <laughs> I, I do remember when I did the gunner position, uh, just my hand hurting from pressing the button so many times and trying to shoot everything as much as I could. And I think I shot three TIE fighter or whatever the ships are. I, maybe it was TIE fighter. I can't remember. But then I look at my uh, eight-year-old daughter and she shot down 12. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, dad, why are you pushing the button over and over? Just hold it in. Uh, I was like, oh, why, why, why could you tell me that before the ride started? Because my see, hand that's hurts the thing now. is, you know, we look down on laziness, but in some instances, it actually is the key. I believe there's an accuracy barometer associated with your score. So yeah. holding it down kind of has a negative effect there. For me, I didn't like being the gunner. I, not that I didn't like it, but of the three positions, I thought the gunner was the worst because I thought that's that pretty I, much what I've heard from the people yeah. that I trust most. It, the, it was the better. Engineer this, was interesting. None of us wrote engineer. Um, okay. 
and they didn't fill the engineer spot, so they just did an override for engineer every time. Uh, the second time where I just held the button down for Gunner, it was a lot more enjoyable because I just <laughs> found myself watching the ride and seeing everything else going on instead. Did of, you make pew pew noises? Uh, didn't make pew pew noises, but I hit the wrong buttons over and over, and that you know, <laughs> it, it especially because. Uh, it's like we discussed with the buttons to your side, you have to mm-hmm. look at the buttons and make sure you're hitting the right one. Yeah. And when you do that, you're taking your eyes off the attraction and the screen. So if those buttons had been behind the pilot seats, so you could just hit them there yeah, or yeah. In, a, in a way like that, I think it would have been a lot better. Uh, so I, I agree with you. Gunner was, it was fine, but for me, it was all in the pilot spot. I think that's part of the reason why I like the engineer position too, though, is that because you are further back, your angle to the action is such where if you turn your head slightly to press the buttons, you're not like your your field of vision is such that you're further away and you could therefore see the screen. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, uh, I, that's part of the reason as well as the the gunner position. You're just you don't have really a true ability to aim unless you act early on. Right. I think yeah. um, where you can I think you can select high, medium, and low for the yeah. controls if you select it early on. And but otherwise, auto. you're conti- yeah you're contingent on the the pilots uh, yeah. for accuracy. So. Yeah, I, uh, I, I really like when we go back in the summer. My mom and dad will be with us, mm-hmm. and I really am looking forward to a six-person cockpit and all of us just being stupid inside there and having fun with it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, this this ride exceeded my expectations by a mile. I, okay. I it's up to, it's up there with my absolute favorite rides. And yes, it is because we play along with it. If you play along yeah, with you it, need to it helps. Be in that mindset. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's a it's a ride that expects you to do that. It's not a ride where you're expected to just buckle your seatbelt and be passive. A, right. You're expected right. to be in there and I mean, you like you said with Mission Space, we do the same thing. We get strapped in and we're hitting every single button all over the place. Well, this is that on steroids. We had and if you're a Star Wars fan whatsoever and somewhat familiar with where you're at and the history behind those seats that you're sitting in, you can you can make this one of the most fun things you do on your entire trip. So, so can I inject a, a maybe upsetting question? No, the the controls did not feel accurate, Josh. No, 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 no. Is it a ride? <laughs> Is it a yeah. ride if you have to manipulate the controls? Yeah, because, I mean, you, you yeah, can have an interactive yeah. ride. I understand the, the perspective of your question, but... I mean, yeah, I, and I'm, so. I'm not criticizing it, except that I've heard uh, Gary brought this up and other people brought it up as well, is that at least in theory... Do you the take qu- a ride in your car? Uh, not when I'm driving it. I take a drive in my car. Okay. So, so now we're um, just arguing semantics. <laughs> well, <laughs> But that's how we know what words mean. So <laughs> well, it, let's it, not say that as though it is a bad thing. My, my, my point is this. Some people have criticized the fact that if, increase, if increased immersiveness correlates to, having, to giving control to guests, then the experience of one guest might be diminished by the ability of another guest to actually perform well. So, so to your question, what is the, Dis- what is the Disney end game? Would okay. and, and Disney would call it an attraction. They would not call it a ride, to your question. Okay, and yeah. that's, yeah. that's a good answer. That it's a, peda- so, it's a pedantic one, but I certainly can't fight you on that point now, can I? <laughs> I, th- I think they probably say on the uh, description that I'm looking at right now that you, to get to pilot, that you get to pilot the Millennium Falcon. They don't say you get to ride the Millennium Falcon. That's yeah. my guess is probably how they phrased it. That's how I'd phrase it. I mean, that's that's what you got to sell. And, and now, if 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 there, 
I know we talked about this before where, you know, what if, what if somebody gets on there that has no idea how to pilot it and it crashes right. and you have a terrible experience. It does seem like it had, not that it had an override, but it was almost like, you know, bowling with bumpers down the side without knowing it. Like my daughter should have no idea how to fly a plane or, or spaceship <laughs> whatsoever. Right. And we didn't crash. We like whatever it did, it kept us in the experience to where she did the left to right. I did the pitch and yard up C and downs here. I have no idea what I'm just trying to impress Josh right now. Um, and, and we got some work to do on that <laughs> <laughs> without, without you, you us, know, the catcher and the yaw yaw is what the terms are. Without I'm the Chelsea Sullenberger. I'm not going to talk about the up C and the downs. <laughs> Uh, without us having any experience whatsoever, we were able to fly it. So yeah. I don't think we know how to fly okay. so a pilot, you just, but you just help you just help us. clarify the point I'm trying to make, and I appreciate it. So here's the challenge I think Disney has: if they if they wanted to make an experience where it was true to life, to where the people who are flying it would feel like they're truly flying it, that if you don't know how to fly it, you'd just be at the bottom of a smoking hole. But right. that would be terrible for all the other guests in right. the in the cabin. But the way that they chose to do it was to ensure a minimum Smoking quality of guest experience. Smoking Hole was the name of the bar that I would go to in college. <laughs> Smoking yeah, I, Hole was I, your I, nickname in college. I was going to say, it, it, de- it definitely has a baseline. Yeah, yeah and, well, definitely. And that's, I think, your objection to it, Josh. I, I think so. Which, yeah. But I get the challenge. I, I, I guess that's really the point I'm trying to make. To be honest, and, and to be clear, I, I think people would probably hear what I've just said here and misinterpret my position on this. I think it's fine. I think they need to err on the side of providing a good experience for everyone on board. And as someone who, if I were in the back, not a pilot, and someone in there were flying it terribly, I think I would have a great time. So, so, so I think they got their balance right. One time, my 12-year-old and my 8-year-old were the pilots. <laughs> and that yeah. was the most fun I had on it, because I'm yelling at them like a moron in the backseat of the car, telling them to quit crashing into stuff. We had yeah, so yeah. much fun. So much fun doing it yeah. that way. So I think that's uh, a very good indicator of the, the fact that they did a good job. I will say, though, that as someone who walked into it, the thing is, like as someone who spent a lot of time in full motion flight simulators, getting on there is similar. It, it sort of feels like a full motion flight simulator because it's basically what it is. Yeah. But, you know, it does, I think for the pilot, probably diminish the, the experience somewhat. I don't know. I can't experience as anyone other than me. And as Tim said, yes, I have flown real airplanes. So I have some, some sensibility about how that all feels. But um, I think that as a ride, I think the disappointment for me was they told me I was going to fly it. If I'm going to fly it, it should go where I say. Otherwise, I'm really just along for the ride. This yeah. is like, do you ever see, there's this movie, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with Steve Martin, where he played this like yep. mentally disabled guy, Ruprecht, and they put like a Fisher Price steering wheel on the other side of the car. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I felt like when I was doing that attraction. I can, I can see that for sure. And, uh, you know, the one thing I, I had to kind of mentally prepare myself the day before our first day at the studios, uh, in the way of, if I don't get a, a boarding group for Rise, will I be happy? Mm-hmm. And and like my, I would kept, just kept telling myself and telling the girls like, hey, if we don't get Rise, we at least get to ride, you know, Smuggler's Run. That'll be great. Knowing, you know, before I ever went on, I was like, honestly, I don't know. Uh, it, it'll suck if we don't do Rise, and that's all we can do. Now looking back at it after writing it, I think I would have been satisfied and happy with my experience and had fun. If we did not get a rise group, but I did get to ride Smuggler's Run as much as we did. You might have uh, also been in a worse mood, though, and be less playful. I mean, just throwing that out Maybe. There. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But, like, the first time we did it was before we had ever been on Rise. So my first experience yeah. with any of the Star Wars rides was Smuggler's Run. But you knew I you did. had a spot on Rise. It does too, help. It does help, without a uh, doubt. But Josh, are you uh, ready to be remarkably unsatisfied? 
Uh, yes. Okay. On the Smuggler's Run page on DisneyWorld.com, it is described as attraction located in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disney's Hollywood Studios. The one-sentence description, fly the Millennium Falcon on a thrilling interactive smuggling mission. I think you're probably <laughs> content with that wording. Uh, yeah. Then below that, the plug for the Disney Play app. Before the smuggling begins, download the, the Play app and get ready to pilot the Millennium Falcon. I think uh-huh. you're good with that. Yeah. Uh, then the longer description, take control of the fastest ship in the galaxy. Still good. Ride in the famous cockpit of the Millennium Falcon on a daring flight, and whether you're a pilot, engineer, or gunner, every role is crucial. Uh-huh. I think you could argue from a from the ride as a verb versus ride as a noun. You are riding. <laughs> you are riding in the attraction as an engineer or gunner. First you of all, are, I would say that was one of the hottest things anyone's ever said to me. Talk grammar to me, buddy. <laughs> you, you just got a lot louder in my ears. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, as a, I'm so close now. <laughs> Did you put the microphone in your throat? <laughs> so I think to your to your question, the engineers and gunners are riding. The pilots are flying or piloting, whatever. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Is. Okay. That doesn't disappoint me. Now. Yeah. <laughs> all, all I'm saying, just to make my point clear, I, I think that Disney has a challenge. Do you want to argue about t- IP again as to whether it should be movie IP or <laughs> what nomenclature we should use about that? Okay, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I was trying to contribute, but you, you don't want what I'm you don't want to smell what I'm stepping in, so that's fine. <laughs> I just like to poke Josh. Smell <laughs> <laughs> the bear. I like it. <laughs> when I say so, no, I mean faster. So Ben's trip report. Ben, how's so, trip? <laughs> uh, so outside of uh, the two rides, uh, when it comes to the rest of the land, I thought it was really well themed. Uh, I do think, like the shopping experience, I was I was really the market area, the open air yeah. market. It, that was nothing. Um, if they were trying to make that like the, the Diagon Alley type experience that, that they have over at Universal with Harry Potter, uh, they, they came up well, well, well short. Uh, granted, they have the two other, they have the, the, the lightsaber shop uh, and, and the droid uh, depot, droid yeah. but uh, I'm not sure that's enough to make up for the cool experiences you have over at, at, at Diagon Alley. So uh, not that we're trying to compare the two you know directly, but that's just the the closest thing I have to kind of go off of there. Uh, I did have a Rondo wrap. Rondo wrap. Okay, um, those are good. They're yep, fantastic, good. man. They are really, really, Certainly really good. Certainly better than Pizza Rizzo. I wouldn't yeah, go that, that far. That is definitely for sure. Wouldn't go that far. <laughs> um, I do like, you know, I, we we love Satuli Would Canteen. Would you consider it a ride? <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> we, uh... <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> I mean, the toilet seat you sit down afterwards, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, vibrating action on that one. You know that meme, but is it art? <laughs> like, I feel like we should redo that, but is it a ride? <laughs> so, run, by the way, not a ride. One of the things that I do whenever, it, usually, it happens in like office buildings when you see the decorative, like mood uh, swinging art that they've got on there. That you just, yeah. if you don't know what way to hang it on the wall, not art. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. If you don't know, I'll say that to Marie if we're walking in anywhere. And she'll just, is that art? Nope. Definitely not art. But a real artist would say, no, it's an installation. Yep. Shut up. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Artists are funny. Uh, I, uh, yeah, it definitely had that Satuli Canteen vibe. Uh, the palette, you know, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. it was kind of that, that flow and, and t- taste palette and, the idea and concepts were very similar, and we love Satuli Canteen, so the more we get that kind of... Uh, Not look, the Animal Kingdom. That's right. I know. Uh, I would have gone there just for that, to be honest. I, I, we love that place. But uh, 
getting a little adventurous with the food without going overboard. Uh, we enjoy that. You know, it's it's way better than just another hamburger or hot dog. Uh, so I, I'm love. That's one of my From favorite a credibility meals. Credibility standpoint, you've recommended Pizza Rizzo. Yeah, it's true. And it's true. Like, well, and <laughs> I'm really all over I'm, the place here. I'm really about to piss people off because uh, <laughs> I sent you guys a video. I love blue milk. Ugh. Love it. It's, it's fantastic. A, it's, a, it's not milk. It's a milk simulator. We Whatever could make a drop it is. out of this, right? <laughs> <laughs> we. I had the blue milk. I had the green milk. Uh, the green milk was okay. Wasn't bad by any means, but uh, which one tastes really, like Windex and Fruity Pebbles? The green I, really brought out your eyes, though. It did. It did. <laughs> uh, the blue milk. I'm a massive fan of, though. So I will be getting that on all future trips. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just what's going to happen. I think this is the COVID taste bud numbing. At, at yeah, that's, that's part of the problem. <laughs> Everything turns upside down. If you've had COVID, you'll like the blue milk at $7.99 for a four ounce glass. I'm, I've already told Lisa I'm buying the milk jug next time. <laughs> God, I've just thrown up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Yeah, I, if you guys don't like it, that's fine. That's less people online and I can go. Uh, so, well, I, there are no lines anymore for food. It's all mobile ordering. Uh, that's one thing we didn't talk about. Every, every place is mobile order right now. Uh, they got to get their act together on that a little bit. Disney was definitely better than universal. Universal has no clue how to do mobile ordering and the functionality of it. Like you don't mobile order to then go stand in a massive line to sit at a table that you then scan your app to let them know that you're there, and that's when they start cooking your food to bring it to you. Yeah, Eating at dumb. Universal is an hour plus at, at any counter service. It's it's a terrible but, experience. But it's also good food. Is it? I mean, yeah. Better than compared, Pizza Rizzo. Compared to most of what you get on well, okay, most you, Disney you, restaurants, okay, yes. You make fun of my Pizza Rizzo, and that's fine. That's fine. I, I can live with that. But we, is, we it pizza? Pizza. is it pizza? It, okay. Yes, yeah, it yeah. is Rizzo, but is it pizza? Our, it's, rat, it's rat pizza. Our major, <laughs> our major complaint on this trip, though, was the food major that we normally... The yeah. The, the, the counter service food that we normally like to go to, going to Pecos Bills. This is uh, not the standard that I expect from Electric Umbrella. <laughs> well, the food it's is all being... The, a real Ben quote. <laughs> the food is being prepped and left out. By the time you get there and, and have your mobile order and sit down, you're not getting very fresh food. We noticed that time and time again. We took, you know, we're. I grew up in the food industry, the fast food industry. I, you know, I hate taking food back just because I know, I know the process. I know what they're they're not doing anything intentional. But I can't tell you how many times we had cold food. When we finally put put our order in and finally got sat down and had the food brought to us, it was cold time and time and time again. Hmm. It, I it's sure it's well, I, I want to say it's kinks that are working out, but they've been open for a long for a while now. They they should have this figured out. Um, what can you name not, some establishments so that we? So I want to have the right mental picture here. Uh, we did it at Cosmic Rays. We did it at Pecos Bills. We did it at Pinocchio Village House. We had to do it for one of our, the. The ribs that we got at uh, Regal Eagle at Epcot uh, were cold. I mean, just straight up cold. When you say cold, do you mean like room temperature? No, like, like cold. Like not frozen, not like they just came, but like like they maybe been not even like in the fridge, but like they weren't. Wow. It didn't have that freshness to it. It was okay. you're eating cold pieces of meat. Um, and I mean. Did it remind were, you of college? It did. Uh, <laughs> 
and they were, you know, we weren't dicks about it. They were fantastic every time. They're like, oh, we're so sorry. And they would go get us. But it was just, you could tell it was stuff they'd been sitting on, prepped way earlier and sitting on the counter waiting for somebody to come in and have it finally served to them. Um, so whatever it was, it, it just, it, it, it why, just, why wasn't... do you think that is? That doesn't it seem like the opposite should be true in light of the, the crowd levels, which although, albeit they're going up, they're not. You, you know, know I, I, it's I, not like Disney's not accustomed to having large crowds. No, but they might be accustomed to having larger kitchen staffs that, no. you know, per, you know, having more people. You know, how many times have you gone to Cosmic Rays and looked back there and it seems like there's literally 200 people working? Yeah. You know, they, they, yeah. they, they just haven't figured out the proper way to make this work just yet. They probably will. If it doesn't work, that's the great thing about Disney is you just say, hey, my food's a little cold. And they're like, they'll bend over backwards to go get you a, a, a fresh one. Sure. Uh, so it, it wasn't a massive, massive deal, but I, it's just not something that we've ever had to do in the past, ever. We've, we've always ordered at the counter, gotten our meal, sat down, ate it, enjoyed it. Um, and if, if we had to do this one time, I would call that a, a you know a, a unique little deal. Two times, okay, something's going on. By the third and fourth time, you're like, all right, something's not working with this yeah, system. It's like the rule rather than the exception at that point, right? So uh, they, but the, I mean, again, every cast member that we dealt with was wonderful, and so they 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 fixed every problem that we ever had, and and it was not a big deal whatsoever. But it was just noticeable enough that it. it, it it's the one thing maybe that we, Lisa and I talked about at the end where, and I think you guys would agree with it. We've gone so many times that we can overlook this stuff and it doesn't really take us out of our trip or ruin anything. We can't ever say that. But if this is your, if you've never been to Disney world before and you're planning to go now, don't wait, let, let things get back to normal. High level. What is your takeaway? Would you recommend it for people that are, First timers versus people that have been fifty times. No, I wouldn't recommend it for first timers. Uh, I think I think there's too many things not working on attractions. I think there's too many little things with the experiences of you know dining and stuff like that. There's enough bugs still in the system that I think it could turn a lot of people off who haven't had the proper experience before. So, did it you, feel like when you walk into Disney World, any park normally? you probably feel like you're at home. Like you have that yeah. feeling that everything yeah. is right in the world. This is where you're yep. supposed to be. Did you get that feeling or was it like bizarro Disney world? No, no doubt. That's why I say if, if it's your first time, you've never gone, don't go. If you've gone before, you've gone many times and it is like kind of how we all consider it. Do not hesitate to go. It was fantastic. And it did for those handful of days. We felt normal. We, Good. you know, despite the, announcements every 10 minutes to put your mask on. Uh, but you know, despite all the markings on the ground, despite just the kind of, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, there were bizarro elements with the extended lines that just were never there before the block, you know, that just, it seemed odd from time to time on some of those things, but I, we still loved our time. We had an absolute blast and, and, uh, I would just I would tell first timers to hesitate. Let things get a little bit more back to normal before you go in for that first time, so you can have the proper experience. Sure. But any of us who have gone a million times, we can overlook a cold piece of pizza from Pinocchio and be like, "Hey, can you get us another piece?" And they bring it out two minutes later, and we're fine. But people who've never done stuff like that before that don't know the Disney, you know, the the customer service that they have and things like that, they might just sit there and go, "This this pizza sucked. I'm never coming back here again." Uh, the, you know, the, the, this, this line looks terrible. I'm not going to get in that line because it looks like it's stretching 10 miles long, not knowing that 
how efficiently that line moves through. Like we all know how long the line for the Haunted Mansion is when we finally get inside and get near it. Right. Sure. These people have no clue. How much longer do I have to be standing in this stuff? I've already stood out here for this whole time. So, you know, for, for the people who, you know, I, I kind of have a feeling though, like if you're traveling to Disney world during the pandemic, you're on that level of that's my happy place. I've already been there. I need yeah. something to bring some sanity. You'll be fine. Uh, I don't think a lot of first timers are looking to have their first trips at this moment. Uh, you will have I, some people though, that like they plan their trip three to four years out and they're going to go come hell or high water. Cause this is what they planned on. Um, yep. And you know, you're not going to, you're not going to have a bad time. You just won't, I don't think you'll have the, op- the same. You won't have the optimal time, um, okay. but you won't have a bad time. You'll, you'll enjoy yourself. Any other uh, significant takeaways, significant new to you things from the trip? Uh, Nothing. I was a little surprised you said they were doing Jingle Cruise. I was surprised by that too. I'm happy with it. I love Jingle Cruise. Mm-hmm. That was so much fun. Um, I, I would love to have been able to, to work Jingle Cruise. Um, we did it a couple times. It was great. It was nothing new from what we have done the last several years. So, uh, but just it, it's a it's actually kind of surprising that they did that, considering all the other yeah. cutbacks and things. So, you know, if they want to put a little effort into that, more power to them. That was great. Of the normal Disney trip things, what did you miss the most? Besides, you know, Epcot. <laughs> that. Animal Kingdom altogether. You know, the best theme park in the world. It is um, the best theme park in the world. You're just pandering to Tim. I am. <laughs> That's what this uh, show's all about, pandering to me. That's really what I've taken away from this. <laughs> I, I'm a huge... We should change the name to Tim called. <laughs> Tim called. <laughs> I'm a I'm a huge park fan at night. Okay. So Wait, I miss you're park- a huge fan of park fans at night, or at night you're a huge fan of theme parks. <laughs> I have no clue. You got a misplaced modifier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like going That's to theme parks. That's almost as bad as a dangling participle. <laughs> I like going to theme parks at Whatever night. Whatever that is. That was uh, the other bar I went to. Yeah. Dangling uh, participle. <laughs> It sounds like a medical condition. (laughs) Well, I got bad news for you. (laughs) Uh, It just feels weird to me to be having to wrap up my night at 645 and then out of the park by 7. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. No. I I would much rather go to the parks at noon and then stay till 9, 10, 11. I miss my extended – you know, we were a resort guest this time, so not having uh, uh, the extra hours, the extra magic hours – uh, some of my most fun I've ever had ever are those two extra hours that go from like, you know, 11 to 1 a.m. in the Magic Kingdom. I totally yeah. agree. I've oh, my God. Great, so much great fun. Ex- cast members are loopy at that point. Yep. Uh, oh, free yeah. churros are flowing if you oh. just play your cards right. Like, there's, <laughs> I mean, my, it's my a different daughter, world. My daughter, this happened five years ago, and she still talks about the time we were on Pirates and we had the boat all to ourselves. And it's yeah. it's going on like one thirty. This was one of those yeah. really late nights, and it's like one thirty in the morning, and it's like the coolest thing ever that we're on pirates in a boat all by ourselves. Uh, I've been on I've been on uh, um, Thunder Mountain and just said, "Hey, can I just ride through?" And I just yep. sat in the train and went around. Like that never happens at Disney. You know that happens no. at a state carnival maybe, but that doesn't happen at Disney. But it we, might at the end of extra magic hours. Yeah, you can do we, that. At we've done that hours. without a doubt. Yeah. So I miss those things, and hopefully they figure out a way to bring those back. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> Again, we don't need, you know, fast, fast, fast plus would be nice to have. Nope. It, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, it, it, I, it, nope. O- OG fast pass rules what, is what I want back. 
Yeah, yeah that, and I'm fine. And I'm fine with that. And we were fine with the whole yeah, non fast pass trip. The wish machine. Let's make it correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I heard you know, farting up the wish machine, not firing up the wish machine, and the like <laughs> farting up the wish machine better. <laughs> I don't think that's correct. That's you not know, canonical. You, you see some of those surveys with you know fast pass access for resort guests. You know above a. Don't I don't even care about that. Give me give me those extra magic hours. Give me give me an extra hour or two for resort guests only to make th- that's enough for me to consider staying at a resort. I just enjoy those yeah. times. So that is a legitimate perk. Yep. 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 So uh that's really that's really it. I think the other thing would be um, you know, we did spend three days at uh Universal. We did get three rides. We got three rides in on Hagrid's. And okay. now that I now that I've been on Rise, and I've been on Hagrid's, and and I know before the comparison was kind of uh, flight of passage in Hagrid's. We we've made that comparison in the past, and now I think it's definitely shifted over to Rise versus Hagrid's. I think I like Hagrid's more. Interesting. I think okay. I still like. I, Rise is a lot of fun, but you. So would you, you say it's because of the thrill component? A lot of it is the thrill component. But Hagrid's does do enough set pieces and physical uh, props and sets to make me appreciate that as well. Do you think Hagrid's uh, is better than Mummy? Oh, yeah. That was a joke, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. Hagrid's no, is I, all, ha- I haven't ridden Hagrid's, but I mean, I think Mummy is probably the best themed roller coaster I've ever been on. Oh, this I think this blows the Mummy away. M- like, mummy not- is very cool, but I wouldn't give it that simply because so much. Well, it's got the it's got the uh, the, the show scenes. Over and above, like the coaster part. The coaster part is no more themed than rock and roller coaster. But yeah, the agreed, intro, but the attraction the as a whole, it, it's great. The attraction as a whole is a great experience. Yeah. And I'm not. I don't. I don't mean to like. I'm not trying to shit on it because the Mummy is a great ride. I'm not yep. yeah. trying to dismiss it. But like the the coaster portion itself is not overly themed. So calling it like the best themed coaster, this is getting into our nomenclature of whether or not. Yeah, I disagree with you on this. I mean. I- <laughs> I, I, okay, let's compare the Mummy to like Thunder, Rock Thunder and Mountain coaster. is a better themed coaster than yep. the Mummy yep. because yes, okay, I see what you're saying. You see, you see, so anyway, they're themed differently at a minimum. Yeah. There, it's a different approach. I think because Thunder Mountain, you know what you're getting. I mean, the the, the magic of Mummy is that you don't. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, with the Mummy, there's several effects they're not doing right now. The smoke effects after the the fire room. Uh, where you you do the dip and there's usually that smoke that hits you right yeah. in the face and then the fire at the end right before the the you go into the unload all that's not working, uh, but the lights are still on so you're exposed to a lot of uh, industrial. Stuff you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, and that's that's actually my favorite part of the mummy is when you do that dip and that that smoke effect hits you in the face. Yeah. I think that's really cool and that's just not there anymore. That's like right where the false ending is, right? Right is after that, the false the ending. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's that drop that you take, but. You know, the spoiler alert is, is a false ending on the mummy. Yep. <laughs> also, the Titanic hit an iceberg. I do think the uh, if, if we're just doing the ride part of Rise versus the ride part of Hagrid's, Hagrid's wins hands down. Okay, if you if you start incorporating the pre-show scenes with Ray and then you incorporate the somewhat minor transport ride. That to get you onto the uh, uh, the star what, star destroyer. God, I'm butchering everything. I'm in the third beer right now, so it doesn't help. Um, I mean, t- to me, I didn't like. I thought Hagrid's was a great ride. That I remember park breakfast. Is, <laughs> that, park, that park is so 
top-loaded with fantastic rides between Spider-Man, between Forbidden Journey, and Hagrid's that, for me personally, I'd actually put it third in that park. Oh. But it, it's just personal opinion, and I wouldn't yeah. begrudge anybody for putting it at the top of the park. They're all excellent rides, and at this point, it's 100% personal preference. You really can't. Sure. You no. can't fight anybody on any of these things because they're all just excellent executions of what we love talking about. Yeah, I, I get off of Hagrid's every time just smiling my ass off. And I did with, with Rise as well. It was fun. Yeah. But it ha- Hagrid's, uh, and Josh, I think you'll appreciate when you're, the, like the, the multiple launches and the, I feel like you're riding a motorcycle more than you fly the Millennium Falcon, if that makes sense. Huh. That's probably fair. Like I, when you're sitting in that seat That's and you have quite those the launches, of Millennium Falcon in light of the it, track. <laughs> well, it, and honestly, between the two, I, Hagrid's is way better, I think, than than Smuggler's Run. Um, yeah, that's, but I, I think without that, have, that without having ridden true. Hagrid's, I, w- I would agree with that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a real ride. That's the thing. It's it, like it. it, it it's a motorcycle me simulator. Physically through space. Don't just shake <laughs> me around a little bit. But they that, do that, it in that a, is like, Universal's it, playbook. They do it in yeah. a way though that that really gives you that feel like the the way the track is so low to the ground, like you like yeah. like a motorcycle would hug the ground as it takes these turns. Like they really thought things, I think, all the way through. It could have just simply been a roller coaster that had right. like three show scenes in it, but no, they wanted to make a roller coaster that felt like you were actually on a motorcycle. Uh, it, and so hats off, I, I just love that ride. I, they, yeah, and, and, and what you just said res- deserves revisiting. Because before that attraction went in, everyone was lamenting the removal of Dueling Dragons or whatever they renamed Dragon yeah, Challenge. Really. Well, but I mean, there was those, some, those yeah. were good coasters. Yeah, and they were good the concern, coasters, but they were out of place adjacent to that land. Agreed. But the fact is, my, the point I'm trying to make is Universal went in there and put in something that was just cl- – nobody talks about that anymore. Because what mm-hmm. they put in was clearly better. Yep. And that's a that is a a, a, a uh, evolution of their the part. Princess and the Frog. Get that memo. Well, exactly. Disney yeah. does not have a, a track record of having done that. They they go in and they it sometimes at best it's a lateral move, but frequently it is yeah. a clear There's step backward. Yeah. Yep. So and and the the thing that makes me excited about Haggard is we've talked about this before as well. It's still a baby as far as the way it's designed over there. When that foliage and all the, the when that forbidden whoa, forest whoa, foliage, whoa. <laughs> what did I say? You put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Oh my god! <laughs> this is a fun show. Uh, <laughs> I miss doing shows with Derek. <laughs> uh, god, was when, when all that grows in and you have foliage, a real for, yeah. for, for good Jesus, uh, and you have a real forbidden forest over there, like. I, I can't it's wait to see what that rest. ride. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> Foreboding for rest. Uh, kill me. Uh, we are on that, hour two of the show. It, we're way past. We're, that, we're all a little loopy. Bedside bear two point two. Uh, and I got to go to work tomorrow in my bedroom. Um, <laughs> Bedside uh, porn star. <laughs> A lot of forty-year-olds uh, starting porn. <laughs> it's, on, it's only fans, sir. My only fans is still counts. Uh, best. You uh, can only do fetish porn now. I have no idea what to even say anymore. Uh, you're I'm talking not- about foiling uh, your only fans account. I don't know. You soiled your pants for the last time. I feel like we should probably wrap it up soon. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> 
No, I am. I'm beating the Japan trip report. We're just this is, getting this started is, right now. All of this content is fodder for the end of the show, but it's the main part of the show. That's <laughs> what we like to do here. Just say on, on Tim's Japan trip report, he was just. This was like the forward. I yep. haven't even. I haven't even told you about the baseball games I went to in Florida. I was giving you information. We're just shitting on everything you say. <laughs> I was giving you information. I'm pretty sure Chris and Derek were shitting on everything you were saying. No, no they, they fell asleep like after hours. <laughs> they did. I'm, Chris vacuumed his apartment. I just want to be clear <laughs> that Josh did not fall asleep during my trip report. He was in the bathroom. <laughs> he didn't have to take a break though because his bowels rejected <laughs> so, your lengthy the, talk. The, the, those true. parts where Josh wasn't speaking up, he was. Taking a crap. It wasn't sleep, so. That's not professional. <laughs> Hello, I start say? now. It's Nothing about the show is. <laughs> so if you have any so, questions or topic so ideas, I, I, you can email. I had, a, I had a good trip. It was a, it was a great trip. Good. And I, on that note. <laughs> pizza uh, that That will wrap the show. Uh, we are over two hours. It has been a couple of months. We will try to. Get you back you to all you. asked for this, by the way. All the people on Twitter, when you're going to record it, this is on you. <laughs> this 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 last especially like 15 minutes is all on you guys i do feel a desire I, I i really love christmas i'd love to throw down something before christmas if we can try and shoot for that for we, sure we will make every effort to do so and by every effort i mean like no no half efforts Maybe. 20 percent 20 percent of every effort i made this uh you know alternate version of our album art with a wreath on it i, I really like to see that there <laughs> so we, gotta do, we gotta do that yeah uh-huh. um it's so festive. anyway uh, if you do have any questions or topic ideas, I imagine we did get some emails over the last couple of months. Uh, but you can email us at martycalled at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter under the username at martycalled or join in on the discussions in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash martycalled. We'd also appreciate our listeners booking our Amazon affiliate link over on martycalled.com. The holidays are coming up and there are some outlets in your house that don't have an Alexa plugged into them. Help us out and buy a 12-pack. doesn't cost you anything but helps fund the show with purchases you should be making anyways. Ben, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Real Skipper Ben, and you can find my uh, top 10 column in every issue of Attractions Magazine. And I think we actually had a five-star review too, but we'll save that for the next episode so that person can go back and reconsider. Uh, yeah. If he wants to keep that a five-star, <laughs> drop it down a little bit, but we'll read that on the, the next show. Whatever you do, don't retweet them. Uh, Josh, where can we find you online? Uh, I will be on the uh, Tomorrowland Society podcast. I'm also at <laughs> utilidors.com. <laughs> And uh, I would also like to encourage listeners, my friend Chris from the Kingdom Cast uh, has an incredible variety of hot sauce and stuff that is absolutely awesome. It's kicked my cooking up to the next notch, and that's uh, MotherTuckersHotSauce.com. Is he giving is that, us a kickback for that? I get nothing except uh, helping out a friend. Was that what was on your chicken tonight? It was. Don't let oh, that boy. weigh into your purchasing decision. My <laughs> Not a glowing endorsement, Chris. <laughs> you, you have to use this responsibly. <laughs> It's fine when I do it. My wife got in there acting like she knows what's going on. Uh, Talk, we're going to need to see those warning labels ahead of time. Yep. (laughs) You can find me at WDW Theme Parks on Twitter, www.themeparks.com. Have a good one, everybody. We love you. We're so sorry. (laughs) That too.
All right, why don't we move away from news and cut the show here uh, so that Josh can go take a dump and <laughs> uh, we can come back and <laughs> you, do... You better not ben, put this at the end of the show. Ben's trip report. It's, oh, it's so absolutely going, going to the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stand by. Uh, you, can, you can keep your locals going or you can stop them. Take your microphone in the bathroom. Actually, you know what? Let's let's stop the lo- let's stop the locals. Let's all of us stop the locals. All right, all right.